my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of, oh my Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How is everyone's January 21 treating you? It's going well for me. I definitely have been reading quite a few books. I actually decided, since I am covering on the Punky Power podcast, the Sarah Plain and Tall trilogy, if you don't know, it's um, Hallmark movies that are based on the Sarah Plain and Tall book series. The books, the movies are very, very dear to my heart. I haven't read the first book since I was like in fourth grade. And I never read, you know, the sequels, especially <laughs> as an adult. I found out there are two more books in the series. I'm like, what? Really? So, yeah, I'm just excited to dive back into that. So, that will be taking place a movie a month. So, Sarah Plain and Tall in January, Skylark in February, and Winter's End in March. <laughs> but, of course, today, you know how I covered the last two Valentine's Day episodes with Little Shop of Sweaters and the Heartbreak Kid. And I said last year, I'm pretty sure I said, I'm going to save that last Valentine's Day episode for the following year. And of course, here we are. The Valentine's Day episode in question that I'm talking about is from Season 8. It's Episode 17 entitled Dateless in San Francisco. And sometimes I tend to get this episode, like, like the episode title confused with the episode A Date with Fate, where Danny and DJ are both going on prospective dates. They end up at the same restaurant, sharing a table, and spoiler alert, their dates go off with each other and leave them there. Like, weird. But, uh, yeah. Oh, guys. This episode was on Valentine's Day, 1995. I would have been 12 going on 13. So I would have been in sixth grade. I didn't have any Valentines. I, I'm sure I hoped many of those Valentines as a teenager, I would hope I would have someone to love on Valentine's Day, and I do. Which... Eventually, I'm going to have to get around to getting Jeremy. We don't celebrate Sweetest Day anymore because it completely, like, oh. And once it passes, like, oh, it was Sweetest Day? I forgot. We used to do that back in the beginning when we were dating and stuff. But after a while, it's like, no, we already, we got Valentine's Day. We celebrate our anniversary. We mentioned the, you know, our wedding anniversary. And then we also occasionally mention like, oh, yeah, November 9th when we started dating. You know, our dating anniversary. So, wow. In this episode, Michelle gets a boyfriend for Valentine's Day while Joey gets a secret admirer. When Jesse helps Danny plan an elaborate date with Claire, Gia's mom, 
Rebecca feels neglected. Well, when your husband compares you and your love to a couple of raccoons in a Denny's dumpster, uh, I'd be like, okay, where's that spark? Where's that magic we had way back in season two when you said you didn't want to go out with anyone else but me? Where, where's that Jesse Katsopoulos? <laughs> really sad. It's like, what? You think of us as two raccoons in a dumpster? <laughs> and Jesse's like, well, I did say Denny's. You could have said IHOP. It's still a gross... And now, don't, don't do that. That's icky. Okay, I always love to read the back of the DVD case to see, like, what one's better. Sometimes they have good winners. Sometimes the DVD box descriptions are kind of like, oh, that was lame. So, Let's see. What's the plan, Stan? Danny makes big plans for Valentine's Day. Oh, uh, this is 100% weak sauce. I don't like it. This is just basically taking a line out of the episode. Where Danny's like, what's the plan, Stan? And, <laughs> oh no, Danny says that. Oh no, 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 wait. Jesse says that. And then Danny comes back with, well, here's what I'm thinking, Lincoln. Okay, enough with the rhyming. But, anyway, yeah, that one was weak sauce. Blah, not a favorite. This episode's got a 6.8 out of 10 based on 157 ratings. We got guest stars. We got... Blake McIver Ewig as Derek. He's reprising his role. We have Riley Brock as Little Marky. Who's Little Marky? I don't know who that is. Robert High Gorman plays Kenneth, a boy who carries Stephanie's rock collection home <laughs> from school. This boy, oh, he was a he was a big thing. He had a lot of side roles in the '90s, and I will just start telling you some movies that you were like, "Oh, that's that guy." So, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. He played Walter. He's the boy who was on the roof of the house and ended up breaking his arm. He was in Forever Young. He played Felix. He was the best friend of Elijah Wood's character. Forever Young had Mel Gibson in it. He was in Leprechaun. He was in Mr. Nanny. I swear I remember. I never saw this movie. I did see the movie, the VHS you like, cover of it. I think this is one of the movies where I was looking at a movie to rent on a Saturday night, and I picked it up, and my dad looked at it, and he's like, try again, you're not, no. I don't, <laughs> it's like, we're like, <laughs> Hulk Hogan in a ballerina outfit? I don't think so. Rookie of the Year! I would definitely know him, really familiar with him from Rookie of the Year. He played Clark, I cannot talk. He played Clark. One of Henry Rowan Gardner's, who the main, was the main character played by Thomas Ian Nicholas. He's one of his best friends. Along with the kid who plays George, was also a bully in Beethoven. But I especially, when this movie came out, I'm like, that's the kid from the Big Mac commercial on, you know, the McDonald's commercial for the Big Mac. And, of course, he played... Kenneth, by then, he definitely 
Robert High Gorman had definitely shed his cutesy adorableness. He was more like a teenager. The fact that I, I would watch that episode, I'm like, who is that? It doesn't even look like the same kid. But then again, everyone goes through growing pains. You know, their face changes or however. Everyone goes through changes. So I'm not knocking him for that. I'm not knocking him at all, guys, I promise. Miko Hughes comes back as Aaron, and he is just as much of a butt-butt as he has been since we first saw this kid in the earlier seasons. We have another character, Fiona Sanders, who plays Sophia. She gets paired with Aaron when he tells her, don't wear anything trampy. Ugh. Aaron, you gotta stop listening to your dad say bad stuff to your mom. He's clearly, that's what he hears his dad say to his mom. I can only imagine. Boy, you gotta stop listening to your dad. That is not how you talk to women. Or girls, for that matter. Oh, so the last thing she did was in 2017. All right, well, hey, get that, girl. You do your thing. All right, we got Maureen McVeary as Miss Allman. That is Michelle's teacher. Has she been in anything I would recognize? Nope. Not a thing. I never saw the movie Nine Months. I don't want to see it either. Last thing she did was in 2002. Um, let's see. Okay, I don't care about Marine right now. Teddy comes on. Taj Mori reprises his role. We got Tim Neal as Delivery Man. We got Marsha Wallace as Mrs. Carruthers. And we have Catherine Zaremba as Lisa. What has Lisa done? Let's see. She's a character named Carrie in something called Toothless. All right. She was in six episodes of the Jeff Foxworthy show. So I'm guessing she was buddies with Haley Joel Osment's character in Jeff Foxworthy's show. She played a character named Nettie. Um, okay. Let's see. Bringing Up Jack looks like a failed sitcom here. Uh... She played Karen G-String in something called The Crew. Don't know. What? So she was in five episodes of Full House. I think the info. Uh, all in season eight. I've got a secret to Joey would love my left and right foot. Dateless in San Francisco and we got the beat. Um, I gotta say, season eight, really, if I had to go through all of full house as far as ranking them season eight would definitely be the lowest on the totem pole i mean there are some winners but they're like um under the influence is a really good one the series finale is a good two-parter but there are just some like air jesse where he's got to learn how to make a basket and i'm just rolling my eyes so hard right now because i'm like why do we care up on the roof, another one where DJ, being a senior, wants to leave behind a legacy of... She's been many, Little Miss Goody Two-Shoes forever. And she wants one last piece of adventure. So you're going to be known as the Goody Two-Shoes girl who gets into college, graduates, 
and you're just going to be that one, that person who wanted to do something stupid and reckless and possibly almost not be able to graduate with your class. Why? 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 Just why? That's not the DJ way. She was also, um, Catherine was also in something called Sisters from 94 to 95. That's happiness. The secret of a lock. What in the, what? Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not going to blame people for having careers, no matter what they are. This episode was directed by Joel Swick, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and of course, Greg Fields. You know, this episode really relies heavily on the ladies and their storylines. You know, from Becky and Jesse to Michelle and Teddy, Stephanie and Kenneth, Danny and Claire, which you don't see Claire, you don't see her, you just get, you know, a name drop. I don't know, I just, after Vicky, it was hard, and you only ever see Danny with Claire for like, an episode and a half. And I'm just like, or even the whole thing with after DJ broke up with Steve, it's like, Nelson was, he was bland, but he was all right. He treated her decently. But Viper, the fact that he broke up with her, he just came in is like, oh, one minute we're dating, one minute we're just getting too, we're going too fast. And he breaks up with her. That was another episode of season eight I didn't like. DJ's Choice. Where she chooses herself over Nelson and Viper. I know that the cast probably wanted to move on and do other things. I'm sure the Olsen twins were burnt. Everybody on the show was probably burnt out by season eight. I mean, think about it. Those kids were kids. And they grew up in eight years. But, I mean, Candace Cameron was what? A... Probably 22. I don't know how old she was. She had to have been at least 20, right? Wasn't she born in 76? So, I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Just, you can definitely tell the episodes are just really scraping the bottom of the barrel for storylines. Like, come on, why are you doing? Season 7 was funner. Season 7 was fun, and season 8 was just race into the finish line all right so let's look at some trivia here this is the only valentine theme episode that originally aired on valentine's day okay cool mary kate played michelle in the classroom scene while writing lenny this is clear because mary kate is left-handed and michelle was writing with her left hand ashley is right-handed well you know what thank you for telling me that i, I wouldn't have known otherwise I mean, that's one of those defining facts you can tell between the, oh, it's Mary-Kate because of this. The one thing that identifying Mark for Ashley would be the freckle just under her nose. I'm like, okay, that's Ashley. Because it gets more prominent as the show goes on. I'm like, yep, I know who that one is. And I'm kind of wondering, there is a scene where, well, season, I thought it was season seven, because she definitely was missing her two front teeth in season seven, High Anxiety. So I'm guessing, did both did the girls lose both their two front teeth at the same time? Or how would that have worked to film? I don't know. All right. So looks like we just got one review for this episode. Ever faithful Power Mandan. Bring it at home. 
8 out of 10, love is all around. This is from May 2nd, 2019. Finally, an episode about Valentine's Day. Well, they did it before, but here's one where Valentine's Day is its central theme. Barely any sitcom episode have these. Michelle's friend, or friends, decide to break off into boyfriend and girlfriend pairs. She gets her best friend, Teddy. She knows almost all of what to do, but he doesn't know anything and soon gets fed up with all the rules. He just wants to be normal friends. Joey is receiving things from a secret admirer. Sounds like Mrs. Carruthers. But is it? Becky thinks Jesse has lost his romantic touch when he doesn't have anything planned, but he helps Danny with his date with Claire. Yeah, if I were Becky, I'd be getting a little irritated with that. Based on Valentine's Day, oh, it's a goof. Jesse sets Becky up for a romantic getaway on a hot air balloon, yet does not mention anything about their anniversary. That's right, they did get married on Valentine's Day. What? Oh, my goodness. So, of course, before I get into the podcast, the episode, I want to let you Tanner newbies know, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, I want to welcome you aboard the Tanner train. Right now, we are covering the series for February, Tanner Girls in Love, where we'll cover Baby Love, Dateless in San Francisco, Stephanie Plays the Field, and Lovers and Other Tanners for this month. So, where you can find the podcast on social media, so that way you'll know what episodes, what series of episodes I'll be doing next. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast into the Facebook search bar. The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will show up. On Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. And on Twitter, OMHC Full House. If you want to get your voice heard on the podcast, you want to talk about your favorite episodes, favorite memories, what character you relate to, what character you're not a fan of, your favorite season, any of that, I want to hear from you. So just leave an email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you are looking to uh, support the podcast, I don't do Patreon, so what I would rather have you do instead to support the podcast is just jump on iTunes and leave a, a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fanatics like yourselves. So, <laughs> that being said, also, if you're new to the podcast, this is not a regular Full House podcast as far as it's a podcast the parents and yourselves can watch with you know <laughs> yeah that you can watch the podcast no that you can listen to it and not be worried about swear or inappropriate content as far as just adult situations if there is something like that that comes up and Full House, or even Fuller House, I will treat it with the most kid gloves as humanly possible, I promise. Another thing is, I don't go episode by episode, season by season. As I said, series of episodes per month. I pick a series of episodes based on a theme, or a character, 
Last year in January, I covered Jesse and Becky's relationship arc from their first meeting all the way to Fuller House when they renew their vows. I have covered pretty much all the Christmas episodes between Full House and Fuller House back in between 2019 and 2020. Also, the Halloween ones, the Thanksgiving ones, they're all there. But the reason I wanted to make this different from other Full House and Fuller House podcasts is because I want you to be able to enjoy the content and not have to worry about hitting pause or putting in your earbuds so that way your kids, nephews, friends' kids around you aren't hearing anything they shouldn't hear. I want... Plus, you know, that way, you know, even even kids that are watching reruns, like, oh, there's a Full House podcast. I want to check that out. So, yeah. Going forward in the year, there may be a month where I take a, li- a month off to pre-record and stuff like that. And I'm planning after the Tanner Girls in Love series to do the breakup series, where we have... Some couples that are breaking up, but they make up, like Jesse and Becky in season three, Danny and Vicky in season six, with designing <laughs> designing rooms, um, where Vicky's mother comes to visit. Ugh. But hey, the kids' room gets a makeover, so that's awesome. Also, the sad episodes where TJ and Steve break up, and... Danny and Becky officially break up. Oh, I remember crying buckets when I watched those episodes. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into the cold open before we officially get into the episode. I love these little nuggets, these little goodies of scenes and dialogue. It's it's just, it's a fun little treat. Even though they're like probably 30 seconds or less. But it's still, it's fun. All right, so the cold open. We have Jesse and the boys, Nikki and Alex, sitting at the kitchen table working on cutting out red construction paper hearts for Valentine's Day. So, yes, they're all working on construction paper hearts for Becky. Just He instructs them, just keep cutting along the dotted line like you're doing. And Nikki and or Alex, they're both wearing plaid shirts. One's wearing black and white plaid. The other one's wearing a different color. And he's like, oh, this I gotta see. Like, he can't believe. You know, I remember doing that in grade school. And, you know, when you draw the heart, it just, you try to make the parts of it big enough so it doesn't look kind of like, you know, really kind of crappy looking, like, eh, I didn't make it big enough, uh, it looks shriveled, oh, it looks, and, and that's the same, even with, like, trying to draw a circle in grade school, she's like, oh, it doesn't look right, and Jesse's like, hey, oh, okay, so the other twin, and they're both boys are in booster seats, which makes sense, because if they weren't in booster seats, their chin would barely be coming up to the table, <laughs> But Jesse's like, hey, wasn't I right about cauliflower tasting good if you hold your nose? Okay, um, I would go there with broccoli. Like, broccoli's alright. I don't have a problem with broccoli. Cauliflower? Come on. Cauliflower's good. I mean, to each their own, of course. But my dad would make cauliflower in a, a steamer on, um, 
the stove. And then he'd cut some Velveeta cheese slices and put it in the microwave and melt the cheese on it. It was so good. And, you know, growing up in a family that, you know, works at a fruit farm from, you know, apples to, you know, green beans and this and that, you'd think, oh, you must have loved fruits and vegetables growing up. I really... Honestly, the only thing I really liked, I mean, I had a particular type of apple that I liked. I liked the Empire apples, and I liked um, raspberries and blackberries occasionally. Peaches were good, but I just didn't like all the runny, sticky juice. When you're, you know, sitting there eating a peach, and it's just all the juice just coming down your arm. It's like, that's oh, so sticky. <laughs> But, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess to each their own. The boys and vegetables probably aren't, uh, they're not tight. But, and, and they're like four or five years old, so introducing them to new things that they might be a little uneasy about. I mean, I feel the same way, like, pl plug your nose and eat it with, like, asparagus. Or Brussels sprouts. Which, honestly, to be fair to the Brussels sprout, I've never eaten one, so I can't exactly say my feelings on it. Yes, the other twin, of course, is wearing red and black plaid, and he tells them to open up their hearts, their construction paper hearts, and, yeah, worked out. And Nikki and or Alex is like, you're smart, Daddy. It's like, well, yeah, would he steer you wrong? So Becky comes in the back door, and one of the boys is like, look what we made you, Mama, holding up, and she takes the hearts, and they're cute, but it's like, yeah, but they're not done. All they did so far is cut them out. You still gotta, you gotta wait, let them finish, because I'm sure there's gonna be, like, lots of, you know, glitter and other things, and it's gonna be, they're gonna be dazzled the heck out of those hearts. They're gonna be amazing. And remember... And I haven't covered the episode yet. I'm trying to remember when Jesse had the boys come up with that Mother's Day song and gave her the most adorable pl little plaques with their red handprints. And I'm just like, oh! And they're like little shaped in little hearts. Oh, it's so cute. And she's like, oh, how beautiful. And the other twin in the white and black plaid, he's like, that's because we love you. Aww. So she goes over and kisses each of her boys. And Jesse's like, oh, if you like that, you're going to love this. Because he's still cutting his out. Funny how the boys got done before you, Jesse. <laughs> uh, he takes it out. And apparently he messed up because the heart is actually in two pieces. That's kind of tricky sometimes because you got to be careful when you're cutting that out because you could wind up with a, a heart that's broken right down the middle. And she's like, oh, honey, it's so beautiful. And she kisses Jesse. Jesse says, oh, I made it myself. <laughs> I like you get an A for effort. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Now you cut along the dotted line there. Good boy. Very good. And when you guys are finished cutting on the line, we're going to open it up. And you're going to see a very groovy Valentine's Day present for your mother. This I got sheep. Hey, wasn't I right about uh, cauliflower tasting good if you plug your nose? Huh? <laughs> okay, it's not that bad. It's not bad at all, really. You're smart, Daddy. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, honey. 
That's why I made you, Mama. Oh, let me see. Oh, thank you. Oh, how beautiful. That's because we love you. I love you. And thank you so much. I love you, Well, too. if you like that, where do you see what I made you? That was a cold open. It was adorable. I love scenes with Jesse and the boys or Jesse and Michelle or the boys and Michelle. It seems like definitely season seven and eight, especially eight, chock full of Nikki and Alex and Michelle or Jesse and it's just it's fun. All right, so we're out of the intro here and we got the Michelle and the kids in class. The teacher is nowhere to be seen, of course. And yeah, Michelle and Teddy are going to head to head or should I say thumb to thumb with the thumb wars. The kids are all gathered around. Like, all right, yes. Some excitement before class starts. That'll get the brain flowing. <laughs> Anyone else do thumb wars when you were younger or maybe you do it as an adult or a teenager or whatever? I remember when Jeremy and I were dating, we would do this sometimes. <laughs> Gosh, we haven't done that in years. My dad and I would do that sometimes during church. <laughs> I swear, sometimes, like, my dad was a big goof. Especially when you're, you know, we went to, I grew up, you know, going to Catholic church and stuff like that. <laughs> and he, he, he could be kind of a goof sometimes. <laughs> Grandy, he's supposed to lead by example <laughs> when it comes to church. <laughs> but still, I was like, yeah, I remember that. Teddy and Michelle are both wearing similar colored outfits. She is wearing, oh, I think Michelle might get the best outfit of the episode award so far. She's in the running. She's got a white, black, and red sweater. It's kind of black and white checkerboard squares, but in the white squares, there's red hearts. In the black squares, there's a white kitty cat. And it's just, it's adorable. I love I hated wearing headbands growing up. Girls in the 90s, did, 80s, did you have to wear those headbands? It always seemed like they gave me a headache. Or they'd start to, like, slide back, or and I'd have to, like, readjust it. Uh, such a pain. Teddy is wearing a red long sleeve shirt with a nice sweater vest with the combination of it's basically it's black it's got white thin stripes and it's got some red on there it's just oh i like how they're coordinated especially the colors of the holiday you know red and white the kids of course is like they can't keep their excitement under control because they're like okay okay kids i get it it's fun it's thumb wars but your teachers and principals going to be coming in here wondering what's going on. Okay, uh, it's where my class is under control. I just stepped out to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so the teacher, along with Joey and Mrs. Carruthers, come in. And I'm trying to understand what... Hold on, I think I got the subtitles here. Let me see. 
Season 8, you better have subtitles for me. I was right, Derek does say cheese it, which is almost code for like, hey, cool it guys, let's get back to our seats. Authority figures in the room. He actually says authority figures. I honestly don't think, no, well, not, no, no, like with everything going on, but let's just say 2017. I don't think you could leave your class on a, on a, uh, unaccompanied at, at all. Like, you would have to have somebody there. I mean, back in the 90s, sure, teachers could go up and, like, I gotta go do something real quick or blah, 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 and just keep reading while I go use the bathroom or whatever. I, I don't know. How does that work after 1990s? Can you leave your class unattended while you go to the bathroom or do you got to grab a teacher's aid or somebody i don't know so michelle's teacher introduces joey and mrs carruthers you know they're part of the they're co-presidents of the pta um i gotta say i think someone's in the running for the worst outfit of the episode and i definitely want to go with mrs carruthers or, as you recognize the voice, Mrs. Krabappel from The Simpsons. You know, I don't think I would have realized. I, I honestly don't think I realized she provided the voice for Mrs. Krabappel until I became an adult and found that out online, like on IMDb or something. I'm like, what? No way. Uh, you know, I've never been a big fan of Mrs. Carruthers. Because the teacher says, oh, they have a special announcement to make. Joey goes, you know, puts up his finger like he's going to make an announcement. And Mrs. Carruthers goes, grabs his arm like, we're we're getting married. And Joey's like, excuse me? No, we're not. And of course, she laughs it off. like, ah, just kidding. But not really. <laughs> he lets them know that the PTA fundraiser drive, uh, Michelle's class, managed to sell more candy bars than any other class in the entire school. Did any of you in elementary school have that type of thing where you get a booklet that's got, like, candy or gift wrapping paper or popcorn tins or whatever that you'd have to sell and compete? I did that, I remember I did that in second, I think second or in third grade, or maybe it was third, I can't remember. Anyway, I remember flipping through the the catalog at things that you could win, depending on how much you sell, and I got, it was the coolest thing, I was so excited and proud of myself for my hard work, even at age, you know, eight or nine. I got a cubed, multicolored clock radio, and I remember taking it on the bus, and this older boy's like, oh, that looks stupid. I bet it doesn't even work, or some garbage like that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I burst into tears. I just, I remember also in... It would have been fourth grade. I think selling wrapping paper. Usually I would get my grandma. She would be the one to buy some wrapping paper. And then once I got to junior high, I was all like, hey, here's a catalog. Sell CDs. Oh, my goodness. I think it was probably from Time Life. That's actually how I got 
my Grease CD when I was in eighth grade. My my grandparents would get that Time Life magazine with different, you know, CDs in there. And I just watched Grease, fell in love with it, and I'm like, I gotta get the soundtrack. And that's gotta be a heck of an, an accomplishment and achievement for the kids. And because they did that, they get a super awesome Valentine's Day party for their class. Well, of course, Michelle stole the most candy bars. Of course she did. She's got so many people in that house. Well, no, actually it's thanks to Joey because he's got a, um, a stomach that can hold umpteen candy bars. Oh, Michelle says, and a special thanks to Joey for eating the most candy bars. Joey says, well, it was... An honor to get so bloated for such a worthy cl- Oh my god! When he says bloated- Oh! Can you imagine that- The damage that- the, That's doing to your- The lower half of your body! Oh! Like, oh, I mean- Joey, you didn't have to technically eat all the candy bars. You could have gifted them to family members or something. Your mom. I bet your mom would love some candy bars. Your retired father. Give him a thing of candy bars for Christmas. I don't know. You didn't have to eat all of them. <laughs> I'm not fat shaming him by any means. But still. Oh. What is the term for... So- I gotta I gotta look that up. There's a term. You know when people do that... Um, what is it? Like a hollow stomach or something like that? Or I'm not sure. When it comes to... Uh, like those hot dog contests and stuff. I know there's a there's a term for that. Like people could put away so much because I don't know what the term is. If you guys know, uh, hit me up on the um, the Full House Podcast Facebook page and let me know. I know there's a term for it. I don't know if it's hollow stomach. I don't think it's hollow stomach. It's something. That's awesome. The PTA is throwing them a special Valentine's Day party with funds that were probably gathered from the last car wash that was done. Or who knows. Or maybe they're using some of the funds from the candy fundraiser to give them an awesome, I don't know, we'll see just how awesome that party is when we get to it. So, clearly we can see this teacher just have a little bit of a crush on Joey. Which, I mean, Joey's a pretty cool dude. And, yeah, she's like, oh, I hope you can make it to the party. And he's like, oh, I'll be there with pants on. Okay, Joey, just say you'll be there. You don't need to add, I'll be there with pants on. Uh, You better be. (laughs) You better be, mister. (laughs) I love how she laughs out like, I hope so. So, and he does, you know, say, hey, no need for the mister part. Just, just. Call me Joey. Mrs. Carruthers, of course, comes up behind the teacher and it's like, hey, like she kind of like, uh, like, eh, go to the teacher. It's like, oh. so she probably thinks that Mrs. Carruthers and Joey are an item because of the way that Mrs. Carruthers clearly is marked her territory. Oh, no, she comes up, and she taps the teacher on the shoulder, and she's like, excuse me. And then she makes the, uh, swishing, you know, the motion with her hand, like, "Uh -uh, go, go away, thank you. (laughs) And she says, Joey, we better, we've got to be on our way now. And he's like, oh, after you. And she's like, oh, no, buns before beauty. What? Ew. 
would not want her walking behind me. Not that I got a fear for a tush pinch, but um, I just wouldn't. <laughs> it reminds me when we had the house and we had the upstairs bed. Our bedroom was upstairs and I'd be going like upstairs and Jeremy would be behind me. And I'm like, no, you go first. No, you go first. And then I'd like try to run up the stairs backwards. <laughs> I'd be laughing the whole time, of course. Aaron's gonna be in future WWEF announcer. She's it. You wish, Mrs. Carruthers. You wish. A real announcement is that during this year's PTA fundraiser drive, your class sold more candy bars than any other class in the entire school. Yes. And a special thanks to Michelle for selling the most candy bars. And a special thanks to Joey for eating the most candy bars. Oh, yeah. Well, it was an honor to get so bloated for such a worthy cause. <laughs> and because of all your hard work, the PTA is throwing you a special Valentine's Day party. Okay, let's break into our reading rooms. I hope you can make it to the party, Mr. Gladstone. Oh, I'll be there with pants on. <laughs> Joey, you you better. Please call me Joey. Okay, Joey. <clears throat> Excuse me. Come on, they're having a conversation. Joey, we best be on our way. Well, uh, after you. Oh, no, after you. Buns before beauty. <laughs> All right, so the teacher breaks the, cla the class into their reading groups. We have Teddy, Lisa, Michelle, Aaron, Derek, and Sophia. Now, I want to tell you that this whole thing gets started by Lisa. This girl is probably, as soon as she heard Valentine's Day party, she was like, I gotta get Derek to be my date, but I'm a little nervous, so let's make it a group thing where we're all with somebody. I mean, let's just say Full House went on for at least another five years. <laughs> Michelle definitely would be dealing with boy problems and, like, I'd say, if she's nine here, I'd say give it at least maybe three to four years, and she'd be having her own set of boy problems. Michelle is so excited. She's like, a party in our classroom? It's going to be like MTV with a milk break. Okay, who's letting her watch MTV? Now, I know it's back in the 90s when they did music videos and not teen mom pregnancy reality shows. Ugh. Once in a while, I see a commercial for the Teen Mom OG, and I'm like, okay, can you stop calling those girls teens? They're clearly somewhere in their in their mid twenties at this point. They are not teens. And this is Lisa's in here. She says, yeah, you know, since it's a Valentine's Day party, we should all have dates. I was like, uh, you kids are nine. Now I will be the first to admit. In second grade, I was eight. And we still, of course, did the handing out the Valentine's Day cards. 
And I had the Who Framed Roger Rabbit Valentine's Day cards, and I saved the one with Roger Rabbit and Jessica for the boy that I liked in class. I even went so far as to write his name on the side of my shoe. I got in so much trouble for that. And Elisa's like, right, girls? And Michelle and Sophia are like, right. And Elisa says, right, guys? And they're like, well, do we have to? And she's like, I said, right, guys? Like, yeah, great, sure. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Lisa. <laughs> Aaron, you are so whipped, buddy. <laughs> I love how Lisa starts doling out the pears. Oh, right away, straight out the gate, she's like, Derek's mine! <laughs> and Derek's like, I love these aggressive women of the 90s. <laughs> and Elisa says, Michelle, you'll be with Teddy. And they both look at each other like, cool! So basically, it's like, hey, it's just two friends hanging out. Um, Lisa kind of dictates the terms here with, no, your boyfriend and girl. Oh, she also, once everyone's paired up, she has them all sit together. And, of course, she says, Aaron, you'll be with Sophia. And the look that crosses Aaron's face, he, like, glares daggers at her, like, Ugh. And then she's like, Ugh. Yeah, he, 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 he side-eyes he side her. <laughs> His eyes are like slits. He side-eyes her like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Aaron, you got to have a better role model, buddy. <laughs> you need to hang out at the Tanners a little more often. His dad is clearly not a good influence for him. Well, at first, when she looks at him, she's kind of got an eyebrow raised like, She's kind of like, how is this going to go? And right away, as soon as Aaron opens his mouth, he's like, don't wear anything trampy. And she sticks her tongue out at him. Audience, as soon as he says it, he's like, whoa. Again, Lisa dictating this whole thing. She's like, all right, now that we have a boyfriend or girlfriend, let's sit together. Now we got to sit. Lisa, you are, she is like, years ahead of her time here. She is like a 12, 13-year-old girl in a 9-year-old's body. And Sophie's like, oh, do I really have to sit next to him? And Lisa's like, yes, you're in a relationship. What is she watching? Is she watching 90210? Is that where she's getting her info? I was just a year older than them when I was watching 90210. Not... Like, frequently, episode by episode, week by week. I watched a lot of Fox television before I got cable at age 14. A lot of Fox. That means a lot of bad shows that ended up getting canceled after, like, a season. Remember Chris Elliott's Get a Life? Or that show called True Colors where it had a um, black man and a white woman getting married and then the the black man had I think two sons and the white woman had a daughter and there the grandma was she played Sophia Petrilla's sister Angela on the Golden Girls for an episode or two yeah look at it it's it's on YouTube maybe not the episodes but the intro is and as soon as I mean I know that also another like teen show 
on Fox was Parker Lewis Can't Lose. That was a cool show. As soon as Lisa says you're in a relationship, Sophia just rolls her eyes like, whatever. I love how Lisa, when Teddy sits down, um, Michelle's like, wow, I've never had a boyfriend before. What should we do? She's going to Teddy like, okay, what what should we do? <laughs> like, Teddy's the expert. But Teddy tells Michelle, hey, uh, you know my sister has a boyfriend? And all she does is write his name over and over and over again. And I thought originally when I saw this, they were going to start writing each other's names on the notebook. On their, uh, prospective, uh, notebooks. And no, they start writing his sister's boyfriend's name, Lenny. And they're saying the letters out loud as they spell it. This makes me think back when Michelle and Teddy were, you know, the one where he moves away? I haven't gotten to that episode yet, but where they're learning how to print for the first time and uh, I think they're doing eyes. Like, she'll do the line and then he'll put the dots along and it just oh I miss the I I like that they brought Teddy back. I don't know why they brought him back from Texas. Did it just not work out with his dad's job? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they went down there for a few years and like, hey, we got family up in San Fran, let's go back up there. Party in our classroom? It's gonna be like MTV with a milk break. Probably. Yeah. another story from a boy that I had a crush on in seventh grade. We ended up having a science class together, or we ended up having a class together, where every once in a while, you'd be sitting at a table with um, a classmate, and then like a month or two would go by, and you change seats. Surprisingly enough, I actually got to sit next to him and realize that the guy ended up being a jerk. Like, oh, you're... Mm. You're cute to look at, but personality-wise. <clears throat> and this is the same guy. On the last day of seventh grade, I had written a letter to him to tell him that I liked him. I remember, like, walking alongside him. I was gonna, he's like, what's this? And I'm like, nothing. And I just took the letter and walked away. Like, <sighs> yeah, he's also the same one where I wrote his name on my notebook, left it in the classroom, and everybody found out. Ugh, talk about embarrassing. 
So we head back to the house. It's after school. Jesse and Becky are sitting at the table. Jesse's eating a supposedly pastrami sandwich, but he's like, there's no mustard. I mean, other than that, the sandwich is fine, but there's no mustard. And she looks at him and is like, really? You're eating salmon. He can't differentiate between pastrami and salmon? I, I, oh, I still remember that one time. I don't think they ever put it on the lunch menu again at, in middle school. And I, I immediately, as soon as I bit into that salmon burger, I regretted my choice. And then I felt bad because I had nothing else to eat for the rest of the school day. Like, ugh, shoot. Which is, mm, I don't know. I mean, to each their own. If you got a palate for salmon, that's awesome. I just never really developed one. Along with other palates I never developed. <laughs> that was always the thing. My dad always said, you know, when you get older, you're going to you're gonna develop a palate. You're going to start to probably like this stuff. Nope. <laughs> she most likely made that sandwich for him. That's why he didn't know whether it was for pastrami or salmon. And he's like, oh, well, then, oh, it's it's great. It's a great sandwich. And she's like, uh-huh. So even here, just them hanging out, having lunch together, or my guess is this is lunch. And you can definitely see it's like we get the old, they're, com they're comfortable with each other, but it just seems like that spark is kind of lacking. Like, they're comfortable in their man, which there's nothing wrong with that. After you hit maybe, what, the five to ten year mark, you are so set in a routine that it's like nothing surprises you anymore. I'm not saying that about my own marriage, but, uh, yeah. That's kind of what Becky is kind of thinking about, the fact that, and when Jesse mentions Valentine's Day, he's like, oh, the spark really is gone out of our marriage. We've only been married for four years. What happened? Life happened, Becky. Kids and jobs. You gotta find a way to get that spark back in that marriage. So Danny comes down. He is telling Jesse and Becky, I just spoke to Claire about our date for Valentine's Day, and I just, I got nothing. Danny, Bob Saget, he, if this is a royal blue button-up shirt, it, royal blue is his color. It really, ah, oh, it just, it looks good on him. It really, really does. And honestly, season eight here, Danny, is that in season seven, my favorite Danny hair is got, well, Maybe six through eight. Six through eight. Favorite Danny hair. Anything before. When he had like the kind of the comb over like the side part comb over. I was not. I just was not about that. Not. That's honestly my worst. Like worst to me. Worst Danny look is season five. Actually no. Not season five. I'm sorry. Season four. Because I'm thinking the slumber party episode. That's where, um, yeah, he had that, uh, that side part with the, uh, the, the come over waving. I'm just not a fan. So Jesse's like, what's the plan, Stan? And Danny says, here's what I'm thinking, Lincoln. <laughs> this makes me think, there is another episode. I'm blanking on the title. <laughs> but, oh, it's, yeah, I'm gonna get to it. It's called Take My Sister, Please, where... 
DJ is trying to um, sell Danny on Steph and DJ having separate rooms. And, you know, DJ needing her own room. And she brings up the fact that Michelle and Stephanie are the same age that Steph and I were when we decided, and when we were forced to share a room. And <laughs> Joey says, wow, that is coincidental. That's like Lincoln have a, having a secretary named Kennedy and Kennedy having a secretary named Lincoln. <laughs> and Jesse, of course, makes, makes the crack. You know, it's surprising you can dress yourself in the morning, Joey. So, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that line from what Joey said was, like, going around and around and around in my brain while I was watching that Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln movie in the theater. <laughs> that, that is just... <laughs> so, Danny's just playing it nice and even, you know, flowers, candy, nice restaurant, yeah. I mean, he and Claire haven't really been dating for very long. They just started in season eight, so. Something simple. Jesse is like, hey, look, this is your first Valentine's Day with Claire. You have to do something special for her. Jesse, yeah, Danny's like, oh, so you got a better idea. And Jesse just scoffs, like, huh, 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 huh. Oh, yeah, I happen to be the king of romantic Valentine's Day dates. Um, yeah, so far, we haven't gotten him bringing up that he and Becky were married on Valentine's Day. This is their anniversary, but we'll get to that later. But he is so big about planning Danny's special Valentine's Day date with Claire, Becky just feels like, oh, you're busy planning his date, but... I mean, it's one thing about we're just a Valentine's Day date. That's their wedding anniversary. So, Jesse starts giving examples of what he and Becky would do. He brings up, hey, Beck, remember that time that we had a moonlight picnic on the beach and we were watching the ocean? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was nice. He also brings up the time they went to a bed and breakfast and he decked out the entire room in red roses. And she's like, oh yeah, that was unforgettable. And definitely the picnic beach moonlight thing was absolutely beautiful. The look on Danny's face, he just looks kind of uh, like, wow, you really went to a lot of grand gestures. Oh god, I remember, oh my god, I'm already laughing because I remember this scene. So he brings up walking hand in hand on the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, with champagne. <laughs> Becky is royally P.O. She's like, that wasn't me. She's like, think you're probably thinking, how dare you bring up some other time you spent with some other woman? <laughs> Jesse's like, uh, I mean, oh, oh yeah, I know, I, I remember now. It was Joe, it was Joey and I. We were walking along the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> so he's, I don't know whether this is true or not. He's just painting a scenario 
he he said it was Joey. I remember because he looked down, he got scared. He said, Jess, hold my hand. I held his hand. I'm like, shut up, Jess. Come on now. <laughs> that's a that's a line of baloney. <laughs> I'm not buying any more than Becky is. Jesse keeps, just keeps going on like <laughs> he was thirsty and got the end. Becky's like, Jess, can it already? And I <laughs> Danny is laughing like, oh, we don't believe any of this. <laughs> so Becky turns to Danny and says, you know, he may have a lousy memory, but he does come up with some pretty good ideas. Yeah, he does come up with some pretty romantic evenings. He's like, come on, honey, tell Danny what we're going to do tonight or for Valentine's Day this year. Uh, what? <laughs> Jesse's like, wait, oh, shoot. Caught me a bit surprised. Uh, sorry, I don't have any. <sighs> Jesse's like, oh, you know, back at, at this stage in our marriage, I, I really don't think we need to do, you know, stage in your marriage. You haven't even been married five years yet. You haven't hit the five-year mark. You're not at any stage in your marriage yet. My goodness, they're still, they technically would still be considered newlyweds till they hit that five-year mark. Yeah, he's like, we don't have to do grand gestures to prove our love to each other. <sighs> you just got done talking about some of the most romantic things you ever did for your wife, and now you're saying, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. I mean, well, we, 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 we've done it all. We're, we're, we're good. We're solid. We can just, you know, hang out and, you know, rent a movie or something and, like, order a pizza or just order in from someplace. I mean, honestly, I can't even remember what Jeremy and I did for last film. We mainly just go out to eat at a restaurant. So, um, yeah, that's going to be different this year. <laughs> it definitely will be. So far, the last place we went out to eat would have been Whataburger. And that was because that was, well, let's see, what other one have we went to that was open? Um... I hop back in October, November. I, I can't even remember. But yeah, we normally just get, you know, each other gifts. I get him like a Nintendo eShop card. He gets me like four, three or four books. It's, it's a good day. It's a good day. Becky's response when he says, oh, we don't have to do grand gestures to prove our love to each other. She just looks at him like, we don't. And Jesse's like, oh, well, you see, I mean, Danny just started dating Claire, so this is all, you know, new for him, so he's got to woo her. Me, we're, we're, we're pretty wooed out. <laughs> I feel like, speak for yourself. She's like, no, there's always room for woo. I mean room for woo. I mean, <laughs> ugh. And he's like, oh, look, see, you made me a sandwich. I mean, nothing says love like a piece of fish, cold fish stuck between two pieces of bread. That's love. That is not love. That is, an, a, that is just a regular daily, hey, I'm making a sandwich. You want a sandwich too? I'll make you a sandwich. Okay, here you go. <laughs> I mean, it could be romantic, I guess. I mean, uh, sprinkle some parsley on there. I don't know. I don't eat parsley, but whatever. It's like, it's like here. here's your, here's your flour. Here's your parsley. <sighs> Okay, going back to when, are they all the kids writing Lenny's name down? Because Teddy and Michelle are writing it down, but it looks like also Aaron, Sophia, Lisa, and and Derek are all writing the name. Weird. Weird. I thought they were supposed to be reading. 
Didn't she say break into your reading groups? No one's reading anything. They're just writing Lenny's name over and over and over again. Rocco's a good pastrami sandwich, but uh, I think it needs a little mustard. It's salmon. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just right. That's good. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. I just spoke to Claire. I got my big Valentine's date all set. Oh, yeah? What's the plan, Stan? Well, here's what I'm thinking, Lincoln. <laughs> Roses, candy, and, and maybe dinner in a nice restaurant. Hey, this is your first Valentine's Day with Claire. You gotta do something real special for her. And you have a better idea? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, I do. I happen to be the king of coming up with great romantic Valentine dates. For instance, uh, Beck, remember that remember that time we uh, remember that time we had that moonlit picnic overlooking the ocean? Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. And how about uh, how about the time when I got that uh, bed and breakfast and I and I decked out the whole room with red roses? That was unforgettable. Yeah. I've been walking hand in hand on the Golden Gate Bridge. Glass of champagne. That wasn't me. Gee, <laughs> Jeff. It was Joey. That's what it was. <laughs> it was Joey. I remember because we were walking. He looked down. He got scared. He said, Jeff, hold my hand. I held his hand. But he does come up with some pretty romantic evenings. Go, go ahead, honey. Tell him what you have planned for us this year. <laughs> I, I was thinking at this stage in our marriage that you know, we don't need to do some kind of special thing to prove our love to each other. We don't? <laughs> no, not Danny, for instance. See, see, he's he's just starting to date Claire. This is all new for him, so he's got to woo her. We, on the other hand, well, we're, we're pretty much wooed out. <laughs> There's always room for woo. I mean, room for woo. I mean, look at this. She made me a sandwich, okay? Nothing says love like a piece of cold fish between two slices of bread. All right, let's move on to the living room. DJ is working on who knows. Michelle comes in and announces that, hey, we're having a Valentine's Day party in our class on Valentine's Day. And I'm going with Teddy because he's my boyfriend. So DJ's like, oh, Michelle, I'm so happy for you. How did you two get together? And Michelle's like, mm-hmm. It all happened so fast. All right, now we go upstairs to Michelle and Stephanie's room. Michelle looks like she's getting her bed all made up. She's got a... <laughs> she puts a, a pillow on uh, in the middle of her bad and here comes comment 2.0 i call him comment 2.0 because this dog is not the same comment that we've had from season four onward four to seven this is comment 2.0 at the start of season eight which was comment's excellent adventure and i love how he's like oh fresh bed he jumps on it and lays his head on the pillow. And Michelle looks at him and asks, Comfy? <laughs> so Teddy comes over and he's like, Alright, Michelle, get ready. There's no way you can defeat the Thumb Master as he holds his thumb up. And Michelle's gonna school him on the do's and don'ts of being boyfriend and girlfriend. One of those don'ts, you don't thumb wrestle. I don't know where she's getting her information from. Did Lisa tell you to say... Hmm. 
if you think about it, boyfriend and girlfriend is basically your friends. You're like best friends. But you kiss. That is the only thing that separates people that are just normal best friends. Because you pretty much, you do all the same things you would do as a, with friends. You hang out, you go somewhere, you watch movies, you binge television shows. You share your own interests with the person that you're in a relationship with. And if they're not into it, they pretend. <laughs> so, yeah, Michelle says, look, Teddy, I'm your girlfriend. We can't thumb wrestle anymore, but we can hold hands. Just, we got to keep our thumbs still. So they sit across from each other at the, the table in the bedroom, and they put their hands out almost like they'd be doing the thumb wrestling thing, but they're just holding hands. And both of them are already bored, like, eh. So they've exhausted that. They've exhausted the hand-holding. Teddy's like, all right, now what do we do? And Michelle says, well, you could look into my eyes and say something sweet about me. The way that Teddy leans forward and narrows his eyes, like he's really, it's almost like he's trying to think up a, the answer of a very difficult math problem. Maybe if I stare at it long enough, the answer will come to me. To after his uh, findings, Teddy pulls back and he's like, hmm, you have a nice head. <laughs> well, it's better than when Harry told Stephanie, I can see up your nose. <laughs> when, you know, Stephanie was having him propose to her back in season two. Luckily, Michelle is not insulted. She takes it as a compliment and says, you know, nice heads run in my family. Of course, <laughs> Teddy goes for a corny joke. Noses run in my family, get it? As he wipes his hand <laughs> underneath his nose. <laughs> yeah, Michelle's grossed out. She's like, ugh, Teddy, you're ruining the mood. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Ugh, what are we supposed to do now? And Michelle's like, I think we're supposed to kiss. And the audience is just like, ah! It's like, they're nine, they're not kissing. Calm down. Calm down. They both look at each other like, nah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so Michelle thinks of another idea. Oh, you know what you can do? You can call me. And Teddy's like, call you what? She's like, no, go home and call me, you know, on the phone. And Terry's like, oh, okay, I mean, wow, it's great that you know what to do. And, of course, Michelle rolls her eyes like, ugh, boys, I gotta think of everything. Comfy. He's like, you bet. Get ready, there's no way you can defeat the Thumb Master. Girlfriend. We can't thumb wrestle anymore. We can hold hands, but we've got to keep our thumbs still. <laughs> okay, what's next? Well, you could look into my eyes and say something sweet about me. Okay. <laughs> you have a nice head. Nice heads run in my family. Noses run in my family. Get it? 
Ew. Teddy, you're ruining the mood. Sorry. Now what do we do? I think we're supposed to kiss. <laughs> nah. Audience loves that idea. on the couch she picks up the phone thinking she heard it ring when it actually turns out it's the doorbell as Joey walks past he opens the door and it's a delivery man with a big heart-shaped box filled with candies and a bouquet of flowers and there's a card that says you put a smile in my heart and butterflies in my stomach Michelle immediately assumes it's Mrs. Carruthers. I'm like, no, Mrs. Carruthers wouldn't be that shyly sweet. Mrs. Carruthers would more than likely be more graphic and forthcoming. More, out, just really, I, I don't even want to imagine what message she would put on a card. She'd say, Joey, prepare for a magical night. Here's my ho my hotel room number or something. Meet me at such and such at 7 p.m. Or who, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> and when the delivery guy hands Joey the bouquet and the heart-shaped box of chocolates, Joey's like, oh, what did I do to deserve this? As he hands the guy a tip, the guy's like, I don't know. Joey, of course, takes the tip out of the guy's hand. Like, uh, you're not going to insult me and still keep, be able to keep that tip, buddy. Because he's like, hey, is this Joey Gladstone when he first, you know, Joey opens the door. Joey's like, well, that's what it says on my underwear. I'm like, Joey, why would you tell that to a complete stranger? He doesn't need to hear that. So after Joey reads the note, he thinks maybe it could be from Mrs. Carruthers. And Michelle says, oh, yeah, she's got her eye on you. And Joey's like, yeah, that's the only thing she hasn't had on me or something to that effect. So he walks out of the room. The phone finally rings. It's Teddy. And Michelle says, hey, why don't you come over? And more than likely, he's like, but I just left your house. You want me to come over again? She's like, yeah, can you? And on your way to my house, can you stop and pick up some chocolates and flowers? And he's sort of like, why? And she says, because it's romantic, as she hangs up and rolls her eyes. He ain't getting you no chocolate and flowers, sweetie. She really is dictating that supposed relationship to the point where I think she's going to eventually drive Teddy away. He's gonna he not put up with her bossiness. Teddy? Sorry, I got my bells mixed up. Oh hi, uh, can I help you? Yeah, you, you Joey Gladstone. That's what it says on my underpants. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, this is for you. Uh -huh. Whoa, look at this. Why is someone sending you flowers? I do to deserve all this. It's just what I was thinking. <laughs> Give me my tip nice back, you jerk. Joey, who's it from? See, there's a card right here. It says, uh, to Joey. 
You put a smile on my heart and a butterfly in my stomach. Aww. From your secret admirer. <laughs> wow, I bet it's Mrs. Kravitz. No. She has her eye on you. She would be more forthright. Part of her she hasn't had on me. Yeah. while Danny and Becky are setting the table up for dinner and Jesse has got the plan of all plans for the perfect Valentine's Day. A yacht on the bay, a string quartet, caviar and champagne, a vase with a single rose. And Becky is like, oh, Jess, and she goes to hug him, but Danny gets there first like, oh, thanks. Claire's going to love it. And Becky's like, Claire? Because she thought that Jesse was talking to her. Because he didn't exactly specifically say, hey, Danny, picture this. He says, picture this, and he's setting the scene. Okay, I don't know anyone in their wildest mind or dreams, you know, an average working human being, <laughs> that can afford a yacht, on the a yacht on the bay and a string quartet. Well, I mean, they're not buying the yacht, they're renting it. I don't know how much that would cost. Or even a string quartet. <laughs> yeah, Danny's like, oh, Claire's going to remember this night for the rest of her life. I don't know, does that seem a bit extreme for the first date, especially when it's the first holiday together? I mean, I know the saying, go big or go home, but it just seems like a rom- that, I mean- it sounds like an amazing romantic gesture that you would eventually work up to. It just seems like if you come in all guns blazing, kind of like, I don't know. It just seems like everything you do after that is just not going to live up to it. Like, if you go, like, big, then, it, yeah, it just it feels like everything you do after, well, I mean, we did do this, or... Or even it means you go big like that, every year you're going to have to try to top that grand, big first grand gesture. I don't know. I honestly think that is something you work up to over time. But then again, that's just me. I don't want, I, I honestly wouldn't want that. You want to impress me? You go give me that library from Beauty and the Beast. That will impress me. Jesse even says he worked all day setting it up for So it's basically, it's already set in motion. Danny can't back out. Well, I mean, if he did back out, at least, you know, Jesse and Becky could have that. But no, 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 no. Keep that under wraps about Jesse's. Jesse, real, I mean, spoiler alert, he and Danny do such a great job just teasing Becky. Like, she doesn't even know what's planned. Danny turns to Becky and says, is he the king of romance or what? And Becky just looks at J Jesse just glaring at him like, oh yeah, he's a real royal something. She is so angry as Jesse takes Danny like, all right, 
here's how it's going to go. You should wear a tuxedo. And then we don't hear what else he's suggesting. Because Becky is just, if she could shoot lasers out of her eyes and aim them at Jesse, she would be doing that. She's, in her mind, she's doing that right now. Picture this. Yacht on the bay. String quartet. Caviar, champagne, a vase with a single rose. Oh, Thanks, yes. buddy. Claire's gonna remember this night for the rest of her life. Claire? Yeah, yeah, I worked all day setting this thing up for you. You're gonna be so happy. Is he the king of romance or what? Oh, he's a royal something. Now I think you should wear a tuxedo. Tuxedo. <laughs> So we go back up to Michelle in Stephanie's room. Michelle is literally bathing, not literally, but figuratively just coating her body head to toe in probably Stephanie's perfume. You know, the kind that's got like that squishy like ball on a tube. <laughs> I don't know what the heck you call it. But she's like literally dousing herself <laughs> in the face. <laughs> the just everywhere oh my god how does he because teddy comes in and he stops right in the doorway i mean she literally reeks of perfume sweetie you're just supposed to put a dab a dab a finger dab and this is from someone who doesn't wear perfume like hardly ever at all like, maybe a couple times. I got that Hillary Duff perfume back in 08. I'm sure that's gone. <laughs> but, um, oh my god. Someone opened a window somewhere because that room is boof, big old cloud of perfume. Oh, he comes into the room. He makes it about as far as that, um, the table and chair set there. And he's like... <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't mince words. He's like, what stinks? As he's choking on that <laughs> perfume cloud. She says, oh yeah, it's my new perfume. I borrowed it from Steph. It's called A Night in Paris. And I love <laughs> Teddy's like, remind me never to go there after dark. So Michelle cuts to the chase. Hey, you bring the candy and flowers? Teddy's like, oh, can't we just thumb wrestle or something? And she's like, no, boyfriends and girlfriends don't do that. Where is she getting her information from? Just based on Steph and that Kenneth guy at the door? Probably well, they didn't thumb wrestle. And I've seen DJ with her dates and they don't they lip wrestle, they don't thumb wrestle. Jesse and Becky do that? Nope, they don't either. Hmm. Well, I guess nobody does that's in a relationship, so we can't either, sorry. So he is like desperate. He is like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, can we draw or watch cartoons or something? Something fun, you know? Sitting at a table staring at each other and holding hands but not moving our thumbs. That's not, that's not fun for me. Coming over here twice in one day to have you throw these rules in my face and uh, expectations and obligations. That, that's not fun for me, Michelle. Because eventually he, he's, he's getting sick of it. So she hands him a trapper keeper and a book and says, here, you can carry my books. 
It's like, oh great. Just what I wanted to do. She looks at her like, yeah, and the fun part would be? I think she's missing the element of, do people even do that anymore? Like when they like, so that, it just feels like a, I'm thinking of the Wonder Years back in like the late 60s. Do guys do that for girls when they like them? Like, hey, carry my books for me? I, I don't own a backpack because apparently they haven't been invented yet. Carry my six, like, ten pound each textbooks for me. I live like a mile and a half away from the school. <laughs> oh, no! No! I didn't see anyone doing that when I was in junior high or elementary school or high school. Everyone had backpacks. Everyone's, I mean, what about, oh, I mean, the carrying the bag thing, the, that, that Kenneth dude was doing that, but that's basically the equivalent of carrying my book. Here, carry my heavy 25-pound backpack for me. And Michelle's like, look, I don't make the rules, all right? That's just what boyfriends and girlfriends are supposed to do. What rules? Where are you learning this stuff from? Lisa? Is she a pro? She got a few boyfriends under her belt? I mean, seriously, no, no one's giving her this information. Nobody's showing by example, like, I don't know. It's like she's found a preteen how-to-date book. And Teddy's like, wow, being a boyfriend is a bad job. And Michelle's like, well, you have a bad attitude. It's like, no, sweetie, you have a bad attitude. Being a girlfriend doesn't mean bossing your boyfriend around. You know how many girls would probably be single if they were just bossing their boyfriends around all the time? Eventually, the boyfriend's going to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And think of it this way. You want to know how many Boyfriends would be single because their girlfriends would be tired of putting up with being told what to do or bossed around or ordered. The only difference between friendship and a boyfriend-girlfriend-whatever-relationship is the kissing, honestly, and the hand-holding, and the googly eyes, and the butterflies in the stomach. Don't tell me you don't get butterflies. You never got butterflies in your stomach. If you had a crush on somebody and you felt that flittery feeling in your tum-tum when you're around them, then, yeah. I, I've had it. I have, I, I've had it. That combination nervous, excited feeling. It's, it's great. It's, it's so great. I love it. Teddy's like, you know what? This is nuts. I'm breaking up. He sets the Trapper Keeper and book on the table. And Michelle's like, you can't. We have to stay together for the kids. And Teddy looks at her and rolls his eyes like, we don't even have kids. And she points out, the kids of the party will be the only ones without dates. And I'll be like, yeah, and? Not my problem. That sounds like a you thing. That that sounds like a you problem, Michelle. Bye. Way to go, Michelle. You just ruined a, what would have been an awesome friendship if uh, you didn't put all this dating pressure onto Teddy. Because think about it. She's having him do more than... I mean, she's not doing anything for him. She's all like, do this for me. Do that for me. She's not like, hey, show me your dinosaur collection or whatever. 
Show me your your elf trading cards. I don't know. <laughs> it's some, I mean, that's, a, uh, that's what I like about Fuller House. Like, even though, I mean, Max and Rose are young, I mean, they're technically right around what Michelle and Teddy's ages are here. They're just hanging out. They're having fun. They're being kids, you know? And it, I mean, they label the boyfriend-girlfriend thing, but it's not like... I'm having you do all this for me, and I'm not giving you anything. I'm just ha ordering you around. It's like, no. You're just hanging out. You're just enjoying each other's activities together. It's like, I like doing this, and I want to share this with you. Come check out my dinosaur collection. Or, hey, let's reread the Harry Potter series together. That's what I'm getting my... That's why I'm getting Jeremy and, you know, eventually, you know, his mom. His mom's never even read the Harry Potter books. I'm like, hey, I want to reread this series. It's been over, you know, a decade or more since I've read them. Let, it just, yeah, that's what you do. An experience is so fun when you have someone to share it with. Whether that's reading a book series, whether that's... I mean, think about it. If Michelle didn't put so much emphasis on this boyfriend-girlfriend don't do, it's mainly all don't, 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 don't. Or do this for me, do this for me. <laughs> They'd be having a lot more time fun if they were just, hey, let's go do what we normally do. Okay, I gotta say this. Just because your table all paired up with each other doesn't mean the rest of the class is doing it. Unless Lisa got to every kid there. Like, hey, we're all going as pairs, as couples. You should all do that, too. Like, girls, get on your favorite guys. You can't choose Derek because he's taken. But anyone else other than, you know, Aaron and Teddy are fair game. I mean, if you want to trade... With Sophia, she will gladly give up Teddy for somebody. She will gladly give up Aaron for anyone else. <laughs> no one's taking Aaron if Sophia's like, no. So he's like, oh, who cares? He walks out and Michelle's like, I gave you the best day of my life. Did you? Did you? She slams the door shut and leans back against it. Like, <laughs> a lesson could be learned here, Michelle. It really could. Dang, she is really pouring that stuff on. I can't breathe. What stinks? Perfume cloud. My new perfume. I borrowed it from Steph. It's called she Night Does she know how to apply Whoa. it correctly? I'm never going there after dark. Did you bring the candy and flowers? Can we just thumb wrestle? I told you, boyfriends and girlfriends don't do that. Well, can we draw or watch cartoons or do something fun? Here, you can carry my book. Carry them where? And the fun part would be... I don't make the rules. That's just what boyfriends are supposed to do. Being a boyfriend is a bad job. Well, that's because you've got a bad attitude. No, you're too dang bossy, girl. Nuts. I'm breaking up. Good. Yes. Good for you, Teddy. Yes, stay together for the kids. <laughs> sure. We don't even have kids. The kids at the party will be the only ones there without dates. Good for Who them. Cares? Good I for you, Teddy. <laughs> so, Michelle's sad and laying upside down at the foot of her bed. DJ comes in and says, hey, Steph, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, Michelle, uh, tell Steph I returned her flannel. Oh, whoa, wait just a minute, Missy. 
were we seeing an episode not too long ago where you were getting irritated that Stephanie was wearing your clothes and now you're borrowing her clothes? Maybe eventually over some time she had to change your heart. Like, hey, Steph, you and I are practically the same size, so we'll just borrow each other's clothes. Like, it's cool now because I'm taking your stuff, so I don't necessarily have a huge problem with you taking mine. So Kimmy notices Michelle's sad face and it's like, hey, Torparella, you look terrible. Michelle sits up and she's like, Teddy and I broke up. Of course, Kimmy could care less. She's like, who cares? I was just making an observation. <laughs> Thank you, Kimmy. So DJ's like, Kimmy? And she sits down on the end of Michelle's bed. It's like, Michelle, what happened? I'm sorry. I, woo, we do have a contender for a possible second place worst outfit of the episode with DJ's long denim it's like a dress shirt combination. It's really, I don't like it. So Michelle's like, DJ, can you help me? Guys, they're always breaking up with you. And I love the audience. They go, ooh. And she's like, uh, no, no, no. They don't break up with me. I break up with them. Yes, hence Steve and Nelson. She's got a track record here. Michelle's like, Either way, you're at home on a Friday night watching the commish. Wait just a second here. Didn't Viper? Unless that didn't happen yet. Where's that thing? Where did I put it? Where is it? I gotta... Where? Here it is. Hold on a second, Deej. Let's see if you're telling the truth here. Let's see, Dateless 17... Blah, 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 blah. Um, wait a minute. Didn't Viper break up with you in season eight? So you can't say that guys don't break up with you. <laughs> love what she says. Guys don't break up with me. I break up with them. And I love some of the girls in the audience like, woo! Go Deej! Oh, Michelle says, either way you're alone on Saturday night watching the commish. So Becky comes in to let them know dinner's ready, and Michelle says, I'm not hungry. And Becky, oh, honey, what's wrong? And Kimmy says, Teddy gave her the old heave-ho. And Becky's like, oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry that that happened. But you know what? You're only in the third grade. Well, you will have plenty of time for boyfriends. But Michelle isn't concerned about that. She's concerned about the Valentine's Day party. Like, I'm not going to have a date. Lisa never should have put that into your head to begin with. It's just, oh, you'll have to have a date. Remember the Happy New Year episode where Jesse and Danny were stressing Joey out saying, you gotta come with a date. You have to get a date for New Year's Eve. They even sign up for that dating video service, video dating service thing. So Kimmy's like, you know what, Michelle, just do what any girl in your position would do. Key his bike. Michelle's like, it was so nice the first five minutes. Well, it always is. <laughs> and you gotta work at it. <laughs> DJ says, yeah, the first five minutes are always the easiest. And she adds, and then it's their turn to talk. 
So yeah, Becky imparts some wisdom on the girls. Like, all guys aren't the same. I'm sure in the beginning it's all romantic with candy and flowers and caviar. And moonlight picnics. And then, she's, yeah, she's kind of bringing this forward with her and Jesse's relationship right now. With, And then one day you wake up and realize he's sitting there eating a cold fish sandwich. And turns out he'd rather chew than woo. Michelle says, men, they won't bring you flowers. DJ, they won't make a commitment. And Kimmy's got the weirdest one of all. They won't squat in jello for you. What? Kimmy, ugh. Ew. You saved that weirdness for Fernando. <laughs> Your future husband. They all look at Kimmy like, what? And she just looks at him like, looks at them like, don't knock it till you've tried it. Oh, no one's trying that, Kimmy. I got a question where she gets some of her ideas. And Becky's like, man, do we sound awful. And DJ adds, yeah, I mean, guys aren't that bad. Becky stands up like, all right, from now on, no more men bashing. And here comes Stephanie complaining about the fact that Kenneth hasn't called, even though he said he was going to. And she goes and sits in the, Stephanie goes and sits in the chair that Becky vacated. It's like, hey, I can't believe Kenneth hasn't called. I mean, if you say you're going to call, you call, right? And she's like, ugh, I should have carried my own rocks. <laughs> she says, they weren't even that heavy. I mean, yeah, Stephanie had to get them to school. I mean, if that kid couldn't carry them and she could, it's like, nah, he ain't worth it. He ain't gonna call you, girl. That guy is no good. Becky turns back around into the room and says, you know, okay, a little more, a little more bashing as she pulls up a chair. And they all start talking. Hey, Michelle, tell Steph I returned her flannel. Hey, Torparella, you look awful. Teddy and I just broke up. Who cares? I was just making an observation. Kimmy? I'm sorry, Michelle. DJ, can you help me? Guys are always breaking up with you. <laughs> Excuse me, but guys don't break up with me. I break up with them. Yeah. Either way, you're alone on Saturday night watching the commission. Yeah. Very nice. True. Dinner's ready. I'm not hungry. Why, honey? What's wrong? Teddy gave her the old heave hole. Oh, well, that's too bad, Michelle. You must feel awful. But you know what? You're only in the third grade. Believe me, you will have plenty of time for boyfriends. But now I don't have a date for the Valentine's party. Just do what any woman in your position would do. Key his bike. Key his bike. It's so nice the first five minutes. Yeah, the first five minutes are always the easiest. And then it's their turn to talk. It's all guys are not the same. I'm sure in the beginning they're a little more romantic. The flowers, the caviar, the moonlight picnics. And then one day you turn around and there he is, chomping on a big old fish sandwich. <laughs> that's when you realize he'd rather chew than woo. And then... They won't bring you flowers. They won't make a commitment. They won't squat in jello for you. <laughs> Don't knock until you've tried it. Boy, do we sound awful. <sighs> yeah, guys aren't that bad. Yeah. From now on, no more men bashing. I can't believe that Kenneth hasn't called. If a guy says he's going to call, he should call. 
should have carried my own rocks. I mean, they weren't even that heavy. Okay, maybe a little more bashing. All right, now we're downstairs, and Joey has gotten even more heart-shaped box boxes of candy and also bouquets of flowers. Still, no idea who's sending it. Becky and Jesse even are assuming it's Mrs. Crothers. Like, wow, Mrs. Crothers really likes her men. Uh, yeah, she says... Mrs. Carruthers must like her men fat and fragrant. And the thing is, I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday, and even today as I was making lunch, I was like, I want to ask, I want to ask you all, if somebody were sending you candy and flowers, you know, but signing the card secret admirer, would you eat the candy, or would you be hesitant to eat the candy? I mean, the box is sealed and everything like that, so it's not like someone trying to poison you. Um, but honestly, would you would you want to eat the candy? I mean, clearly someone got your address from somewhere. I, I, don't, I don't. That would make me feel. I mean, let's just say I wasn't married. <laughs> um, I would probably toss it in the trash. I would not feel comfortable eating something from somebody. I, if I have no idea who sent it, it's, it's, it's going in the trash. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that chance. Not to mention, if you're eat, if you oblige and you're eating the candy, you don't know who sent it. Don't you feel kind of obligated to like, If the, especially if the person reveals themselves, like, I ate the candy, and I guess I have to go out on a date with you because I ate the, you know, you sent it and I ate it, but I don't know. So, <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, well, uh, Mrs. Carruthers picked the right guy then. Joey's like, oh, I gotta put a stop to this. Jess, how do you turn a woman off? <laughs> Jesse says, show her your bank account and your driver's license picture. Or you could just flat out say the candy and flowers. I appreciate the gesture, but you need to understand there is nothing, nor will there ever be anything going on between us other than polite. You know, bacon, think about it. I mean, they're co-presidents of the PTA. It's just going to be a friendly work. Well, I don't know about friendly. She is bordering on sexual harassment, definitely. Definitely bordering on sexual harassment. They just say we're we're acquaintances. We 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 talk, but it's never gonna be anything more than that. He needs to stand firm with Mrs. Carruthers and kind of lay down the the line or just draw the line there. Like, please don't do this anymore. Don't don't talk about my body that way. I, I, I'm not interested. I, I really, I don't care what you're wearing. It has nothing, no effect on me whatsoever. It's just she, honestly, yes, yeah, she is flat up, and she has been sexually harassing Joey. If he is not accepting of the behavior, which he clearly is not, and even if he was, it still borders on sexual harassment. Mrs. Carruthers, you want to lose your PTA position over that I don't know how well-respected this woman is in the community and all that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Danny comes into the kitchen from the living room, and boy, oh boy, does he clean up nice in a tux. Woo! Audience loves it. Oh, I love when Danny spins around. It's like, what is he's he's wearing a black backpack. He's got like all his supplies. You know, they're going on a yacht, so he has to have that drama mean. You know, you don't want to get seasick in front of your girl. So Danny's like, hey, how do I look? And Joey says, like you're going hiking with James Bond. Yes, but which James Bond? There are many different versions of James Bond. There's the recently passed Sean Connery. There's, is it Timothy Dalton? There's another, Pierce Bronston, Daniel Craig. Did they have another Bond in place eventually? Because I know they tend to switch about every once in a while. I think there's supposed to be one more Bond. I don't watch them. I've never watched any of the Bond movies. I got Jeremy all the movies on Blu-ray for his birthday. Like, five years ago. Maybe it was less than that. But no, I've never sat down and watched a Bond film all the way through. Again with the rhyming! <laughs> Jesse's laughing like, you're going on a boat ride. What's with a pack, Jack? And Danny's like, hey, take it easy, easy greasy. <laughs> okay, someone, whoever was writing some of these lines between Jesse and Danny was into the rhyming for this episode. <laughs> how Jesse's sitting in one of those chairs next to the kitchen island and he's just like <laughs> Danny's flipping up the top of his backpack and like I got everything I got a sharp repellent and he's like pulling everything out of that bag and just like here let me see I got a shark repellent I got my drama mean I got my uh flare gun <laughs> signal flares that look like dynamite <laughs> these sick patches yes you might want to apply them now that way they take effect once you get on the boat and Becky says nothing says romance like an anti-vomit tag behind your ear <laughs> so Danny feels a little bad it's like Jess you helped me so much upon this whole thing that you guys really didn't do anything for yourselves so Jesse slings an arm around Rebecca's shoulders like ah don't worry about us this old married couple just give us a remote Old Elvis movie. We're going to be as happy as two raccoons in a Denny's dumpster. And Becky is about ready to blow her top. She is getting... I would too. I would too if, if Jeremy acted like this. I don't care if we... I'd be like, I don't care if we've been married four years or 25 years or 50 years. I'm not asking for grand gestures every single Valentine's Day. All I'm asking is that, you know, even if we do the normal thing, which we've been doing for quite a while, is the card and the gifts. If we can't go out to a, a movie and a dinner, which in this day and age right now, we certainly cannot. Just, you know, just hanging out, just making dinner at home, just being together, spending time together. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Not every year has to be a grand jet. I mean, if, if that's what you you and your significant other like to do, then great. But don't, another thing, don't put such high expectations, ex, you know, expecting things to work. I remember Jeremy's and my first Thanksgiving, <laughs> our first Valentine's Day dating. 
I put so much expectation and it ended up being, you know, it was nice, some of it, but then expectations were later just, I was disappointed. It just didn't turn out, but yeah, just, that, that's all I'm saying. It's just don't, don't put so much, that puts a lot of pressure, not just on you to have a good time, but on your significant other, if it doesn't pan out to what you want, just, just be happy that you're just, you're spending time together. Oh, even as a clear path to the bathroom, it's like, uh, gross. She looks at him and she's like, raccoons in a dumpster? He's like, yeah, Denny's. Yeah, Becky's, oh, she's venting. She's, I can't believe it. Really, that's how you see us. I can't believe you. The look on Jet. if you pause it here, the look on Jesse's face, he's basically been baiting her the whole time. Just do it, like, he's had to keep everything under wraps, and he's kind of had to have this, eh, not really big Valentine's Day anymore. I mean, like I said, it's their wedding anniversary. If it were just ordinary Valentine's Day and they got married in, like, October, but no, that's their wedding anniversary. And like I said, they'd only been married four years, so he acts like they've been married for, like, 30-plus years. Yeah, she says, you've lost every bit of excitement. You went from Mr. Excitement to Mr. Rogers. And Jesse kind of looks at Danny's like, is it me or does she seem a tad cranky? Because she sits down just defeated, this defeated look on her face. Like, I'm not getting through to him that how much this means to me, you should mean to us. Yeah, I just, yeah, he, he's been playing her the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and Danny was in on it. Ah! Jesse says, you know, you know what she needs? She needs some fresh air. Like, I don't need any fresh air. It's like, no, come on, come on, get up, get up. Door here. Follow me. Look in the backyard for some fresh She's like, I don't need any fresh air. You, you need some fresh air. Come on, come on. And she's like, what the heck? Standing before her in the backyard how it's possible don't ask me how because i don't know is a hot air balloon you couldn't pay me enough to get up in a hot air balloon you just you couldn't uh, mm, mm, mm. i i just uh, heights 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 um speaking of hot air balloons there when my sister took my dad on that two-month road trip to see you know a lot of the things he wanted to see before you know you know he he, he did have the uh, ability to do anymore um they did go on a hot air balloon ride and yeah that that picture of my dad just you know s sitting in that uh that hot air balloon with the sun going down that was the picture when we were going through pictures to put in the uh the obituary that was the picture. It's like, this picture is perfect. It's beautiful. I love how the sun is kind of setting, you know, over over the scene and everything. And my dad's smile just, it's like, that. that's it. That's the one. And <laughs> it's just, this is, this is such a sweet gesture of, of Jesse to do this. It's like, you thought I forgot our anniversary, our wedding anniversary? 
Yeah, so as he starts leading her to a hut, because you hear it, you hear that, that, that fire, that, that, the, the air in the stuff, you know, um, to keep that, you know, hot air balloon, you know, inflated. You hear that before you see it. And he's like, hey, don't you think it'd be a romantic gesture if we took a hot air balloon ride over the wine country? And we see it actually coming down. You can really see how fake that grass is. There's, like, lines of where part of, you know, that fake grass kind of is cut into sections. <laughs> and just placed on probably plywood or whatever they use for that set. This, yeah, it's a, 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 the, the basket's got a big red, not construction paper, but, like, kind of a poster board, red poster board. Heart. See, that's how you cut out a heart. That there is the most perfect, perfectest cutout heart I have ever seen. It's not weird or lopsided or one side's got more than the others. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent perfect. Danny, of course, comes out with a packed picnic lunch and luggage. So my guess is they're probably gonna do the hot air balloon thing over the wine country. He's probably got reservations at like a bed and breakfast or something. Joey's probably Jesse or Jesse. Joey and Danny are probably going to watch most likely going to watch the twins or maybe, you know, DJ or Steph. Danny hands the luggage and picnic basket to the guy's also wearing a tux. Looks very nice. The uh hot air balloon attendant. And Jess duh. Danny's like, is this um, area, is it zoned for a hot air balloon activity? I love how the guy, like, nervously is, like, shrugs. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just being, I'm just paid to do what I'm doing. <laughs> the hot air balloon attendant's kind of cute. I like that tux. He's got a cute smile. And Becky, we get to Becky. He's like, you guys set me up. And he's like, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> says big time and he leans in and they kiss oh jesse he's such a good husband and father he really really is so they step they have to actually use a little step ladder to step into the basket the hot air balloon basket i don't know what the actual official term is maybe it's basket i don't know and then jesse's like do you think that i would forget our valentine's day our anniversary oh look as he pulls up a bottle of champagne and some roses. Aww. So Becky's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, all that talk about being a married old an old married couple just I, I kind of thought we were wooed out. And Jesse's like, oh honey, you're so wrong. I mean, wrong. <laughs> oh my heart. As Jesse is kind of brushing Becky's hair behind her ear, he says, that could never happen. Let me tell you something. Every morning I wake up and I see you lying next to me. I fall in love with you all over again. Oh, oh Jesse, you're going to make me cry. And Becky says, oh, Jess, you're still the king of romance. And she kisses, they kiss. And the hot air balloon attendant, his name is James. And Jesse's like, oh, James, close your eyes. And he puts a hand over his eyes as he's going upward. This guy, I mean... 
he probably does this all the time for for couples and stuff like that. You know, renting. I can't even imagine how much it would cost to rent a hot air balloon. I want to look that up. I want to find out. Oh, we got to get that Lion King reference in there. Long live the king, as Jesse says. Although he's probably more referring to Elvis Presley, but. Yeah, because it's 95, February 14th, 95. So, yeah. Lion King had to come out in, what, June of 94, right? So, okay, yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I just went down a rabbit hole last night of, um, they're saying what really happened to Mufasa's body when he fell. And, uh, you don't want to know the theories, guys. It's pretty, it's gruesome. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, let's, uh, let's play this clip here. More than flowers and candy? Boy, Mrs. Carruthers must like her men fat and fragrant. I <laughs> should pick the right guy. Oh, I gotta put a stop to this. Jess, how do I turn a woman off? Show her your bank account and driver's license picture. with James Bond. <laughs> hey, you're going on a boat ride. What's with the pack, Jack? Hey, take it easy, Greasy. I'm just being prepared, Jess. I got everything. I got my shark repellent. Uh, yeah, I got, uh, oh, signal flares. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are good. Uh, Seasick patches. Mm, nothing says romance like an anti-vomit tag behind your ears. I don't know. I feel bad. I appreciate everything you've done. You spent so much time setting up this Valentine's date for me. You didn't have time to plan one for yourself. Oh, don't worry about us. We're just an old married couple. You give us the remote. Nice old rerun of an Elvis movie. A clear path to the bathroom. Ew. These two raccoons in a Denny's dumpster. That's gross, Jess. Raccoons in a dumpster? Denny's. Is that how you see us? I can't believe that you've lost every bit of romance. I mean, you've gone from Mr. Excitement to Mr. Rogers. Is it me or does she seem a tad cranky? A tad and a half, I'd say. Well, she needs some fresh air. No, I do not. Come on, don't step on time. I don't need it's any good fresh, fresh air. air. I don't want any Special fresh air. Fresh air. Yes, I understand why I'm He has no idea, Dan Danny. James and cover your eyes. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. You guys have a magical, wonderful time. Why up there? Can you, can you check my rain gutters? 
Oh, that's so pretty! I love the yellow and red and orange and blue. Alright, let's finish this episode with a Valentine's Day classroom party. Alright, so we got the girls hanging out on one side of the room, which usually seems when there's like either dances or parties. It seems like it's always shown in movies or TV shows that girls are on one side, guys are on the other side. Michelle is actually in the middle between Lisa and Sophia, because Lisa brings up, oh, we heard that Teddy dumped you. Oh, no, Lisa didn't say, uh, broke up with you. She, said, she says that, uh, oh, heard you and Teddy split up. And Sophia's like, oh, did he break your heart? A couple other girls that are just sipping whatever's in their cups, more than likely there's nothing in there, but they don't get to, they don't get to talk. Someone see it. Sophia asked, did he break your heart? And <laughs> Michelle's like, oh, well, I thought so at first, but it turned out to be just gas. Okay, that's a Joey joke. When do you ever hear Michelle talking about bodily functions? That's a Joey thing. Sophia says, you know, I'm sorry it's over, Michelle. And Michelle's like, yeah, me too. I'm the only one here without a date. Lisa, you're so lucky you have Derek. <laughs> and Lisa's like, yeah, it's nice to be here with someone. And <laughs> she waves across to across the room to the guys. And Sophia does the same thing. Aaron and Derek both. But Teddy looks miserable. There's like three boys standing behind Teddy's chair, chit-chatting. And then we have two boys that are standing behind Aaron's chair. And <laughs> they're just joking around. So it definitely seems like there's more boys than there are girls. You know, the ratio, you know, boy-girl. We got those three. And then we got, because there were two. So that means three boys aren't going to have anyone to dance with. Well, I don't think the entire class paired up with somebody because there's an uneven amount. So Joey is holding out a cassette tape in front of him. <laughs> and the teacher, I've forgotten her name, is like, all right, we got the music. How about some dancers? And the kids are just kind of looking at each other across the room like, I'm not going to be the first to go up there. She's like, well, it's not a party if nobody dances. Even Derek looks unsure. It's like he seems like a confident one. But we know who's going to take charge of this. Lisa's going to take charge. Even at first, well, at first, Lisa is hesitant herself. She's kind of looking at Michelle like, okay, who's going to be the one to get this going? <laughs> Somebody. It honestly only takes one person to get out there, and then the rest will eventually follow. So, Joey suggests, like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we make this a lady's choice? So, yeah, Joey's like, hey, girls, why don't you go over there, ask the boys to dance, work your feminine wiles, your feminine ways, on the man of your choice. That really lights a fire under them. And Lisa's like, anybody who objects or says no gets a wedgie. Okay, so it looks like we have some other female counterparts that are coming in from off the screen. Because when I saw 
more boys on one side than there were the amount of girls. I'm like, well, there's not going to be enough. No, they just secretly come off from, uh, they come into the shot like, where do those other girls come from? I didn't see them across the room with the guys. Who knows? Of course, all the kids are dancing, well, all except for Teddy and Michelle, who go over to the refreshment and dessert table. Here comes Mrs. Carruthers with her sexual harassment speech. It's like, Joey, would you like to dance or would you like a wedgie? Either way, I can't lose. Ew. Ew. I can't stand Mrs. Carruthers. She out. <laughs> Joey kind of takes her aside and leads her over to where he was. He's returning all the um, chocolates and flowers. <laughs> like I'm returning all this stuff. Oh, um, this cupid, this chocolate cupid. I nibbled some of uh, the arrows out of the quiver, <laughs> and he's handing the stuff to her, and her face is just. Like, oh my gosh, I knew you felt the same way I did about you. She is getting really, I don't know what, because he's putting, he's leading her over the table where all this candy and flowers are. And just the fact that he's putting a hand on, you know, her shoulders and leading her, she's like, oh, he's putting his hands on my shoulders. He's touching me. Like, girl. You need to find somebody who's actually interested in you. Oh, he brings out the bag of those flowers. I'm surprised they're still alive. He says, I've got to give this stuff to you. He doesn't say, I have to give this stuff back to you, which maybe that would have, you know, brought up the question, what are you talking about? But he says, I have to give this stuff to you like he's gifting it to her. Oh my gosh, and you see, oh, what was the teacher's name? Oh, right, I can't even remember her name, but the she's looking so sad. You look over Joey's, like, left shoulder or right, whatever shoulder, and you see her looking in the direction of Mrs. Carruthers and Joey, and he's handing Mrs. Carruthers the stuff that secret, she's a, the teacher is a secret admirer. Think about that. You're the secret admirer. You're sending something to someone else and you see them giving some other lady your stuff. Oh, she just looks so hurt. Like, no, it was me. I mean, she'll reveal herself momentarily. Oh, he says I have the rest of the stuff out in the car. <laughs> Dang! Teacher! Girl, you got a, an amazing salary. I mean, that stuff ain't cheap. I wouldn't know personally, but I can't. This is 1995. Those big heart-shaped boxes of chocolate, what do you think that, I mean, gosh, I'm trying to think. When I worked at, like, Rite Aid and stuff, and I had that stuff there, mm, I bet anything, a, like a big giant one had to have been at least $30 or more. And that's if you're getting the name brand, like Whitman's or Russell Stouffer's or something like that. I don't want to, I don't want to know how much it would be today. Maybe I should go look around, like, hey, what's a big giant heart box of candy where, like, cost? Mrs. Carruthers, her arms loaded with flowers and that 
heart-shaped box of chocolates. It's like, oh, my little Duncan Heine, if only I had something to give you in return. What am I saying? Of course I do. Say ah. Ew! Ew! You're not tongue-kissing Joey in front of all those kids. Yuck! She's literally about ready to tackle him to the floor and shove her tongue down his throat. Um, so finally he's like, wait, 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 wait. So you didn't give me this stuff. And she's like, of course not, you silly willy billy. So, of course now he's kind of back to square one. He and everyone else was just assuming, well, it's got to be Mrs. Carruthers. I'm surprised she didn't send him anything. As, as infatuated as she is with him? Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you, you did not send me this stuff. So basically somebody else did. Um, oh, is that Willard Scott in a thong I saw out in the hallway? And she's so not all there in the head, which we're all not surprised by that, that she believes him. She... Honestly, I gotta say, Mrs. Crothers is a cartoon character. She's Mrs. Krabappel incarnate in the flesh. Mrs. Krabappel. But she goes by Mrs. Crothers. Yeah. Instead of a teacher, she's a PTA um, president, co-president. She's like, oh, I love him. And she starts running for the door. She runs behind Teddy's chair and he doesn't even flinch. He is so depressed. So now that that distraction is running out of the room, thank goodness, here comes, I think it's Albright, isn't it? This is Albright? So yeah, the teacher comes over and says, oh, I didn't know you and Mrs. Carruthers were an item. And Joey's like, oh yeah, we're an item, all right. I'm a big slam breakfast and she's a hungry trucker. That's, uh, yeah. So, yes, she does reveal she is a secret admirer. I'm the one that sent you the flowers and the candy. She probably blew her entire month's grocery bill on those flowers and candy. Like, that's okay. I can eat soup and, you know, SpaghettiOs for a month. All that matters is that I'm giving this stuff to the guy I like. And maybe he'll one day notice that it's me. So, she, uh, he's like, he's surprised, like, what? Oh, really? It was you, Miss Allman? She's like, oh, please, call me Cindy. Send, send Oh, my goodness. This is the third Cindy, guys. Remember, uh, Cindy, Rusty's mom from season four? You know, maybe this is only the second. I swear there's another Cindy. Maybe not. Maybe this is the second one. But we don't see her again after this. That's right. The last time we saw Michelle's teacher in season seven, The Last Dance, it was another teacher. Okay. So Cindy thinks, you know, I was hoping it'd be an icebreaker, like you might figure it out. And, well, sweetie, you didn't really give him any clues. I mean, I don't know how much, you know, he and she spend together as far as for with a PTA, because you know, if Mrs. Carruthers around, she's going to stomp that flame out before it gets started. Joey's like, well, I'm relieved. I mean, I mean, I'm sure glad it worked out that way. Whew. So here comes Mrs. Carruthers, and she's like, that wasn't Willard. She comes in, changes to some 
salsa slash jungle rock. I don't know what the, it, it seems like some, uh, Spanish inspired Flintstones type theme. <clears throat> You'll hear it in the clip and you can be the judge of what is that? Are they going to do the Lombada? And she's like, oh, come here, my little fiesta platter. And she starts snapping her fingers. Ugh. Yeah, he basically interrupts Cindy and Joey as they're about ready to, you know, decide on a time to go out and, you know, get to know each other. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get a screenshot of this because the look of horror on Cindy's face and again I thought I got rid of her uh, I am gonna take I'm gonna take a picture of this and put this on the Facebook page because this is just it's too funny not to <laughs> oh my god he just looks so resigned like oh if I if I gotta and Cindy it seems like she's looking at him like wow you cannot stand up for yourself I'm rethinking this idea of going on a date with no, but they do set something up. She even says Lombada. She grabs him and thrusts their arms out and they start doing, I don't know what this dance is. I don't think this is the Lombada. I gotta look that up because I don't know what she's, all the kids are standing like looking like what are we witnessing here? Even Joey's like, what? is wrong with this woman she's got a screw loose or she's got something going on it's like that hormonal part of her brain is in overdrive and just any logical thinking she might have had at one point has just been replaced by that that hormonal basically her hormones have taken over any real critical logical normal sense of thinking She's only like that with Joey. She's not. I mean, we didn't. When did we see Mrs. Carruthers for season seven? She is literally a cartoon character. Okay, so I looked up the Lombada dance. The music in it is similar to what Mrs. Carruthers, Ms. Carruthers, Mrs. I don't know. But that actually sounds more in tune with what's playing, not that salsa bedrock, whatever I thought first. I'm, I was watching the lady's moves and what she was, she was doing a lot of like touching, you know, her, her face, running her hands down her, her neck, her, her, her chest or whatever's, you know, and it just, I don't know what Mrs. Carruthers is doing. She's making up as she goes along. Well, I don't, this is just, it's wildly inappropriate, a hundred percent inappropriate this is supposed to be a party for the children not for you to work your womanly wiles womanly wiles on joey gladstone a hundred percent sexual harassment of mammoth proportions she needs to be fired from the pta he does not take it seriously i mean honestly i think joey could do the pta thing by himself I think at that PTA meeting, that Little Richard, Richard episode, they should have said, 
yeah, Joey, we want you to be the PT. Mrs. Carruthers doesn't have kids either that we see. Is she a mother? Then why? And she made such a big deal about Joey, quote unquote, not being a parent. He's parented Danny's kids since season one, co-parented them. So don't tell me because he didn't provide the necessary ingredients to create the children that he's not a parent. That's, come on now. Oh, the kids are starting to mimic what <laughs> Mrs. Carruthers is doing. Joey runs over to Cindy and tries to, like, secure a date with her before he gets grabbed by Mrs. Carruthers again. I don't have much time. Do you want to go out with me? She's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. And we can set up a time. Oh, on Friday, as Mrs. Carruthers yanks him back into a dance. She is swinging Joey around by the arm like, you were going to take out a student. You were going to fling him into a student. There are like 15 kids in that classroom. Luckily, Joey gets out of there and she chases him down the hall. She needs to be fired 100%. Literally, like, Mrs. Carruthers, we have witnesses of you, your inappropriate actions in this classroom. <laughs> no, the person would not be laughing and um, reprimanding Mrs. Carruthers, but they'd be like, you know what? We have reports of inappropriate behavior during the Valentine's Day party in Mrs. Allman's room, or whatever her room is name is <laughs> and we have decided to release you from your PTI duty since you do not have a child that attends the school so yes um also we have reports from one Joey Gladstone here who says Mrs. Carruthers will put her hands on my arms and make lewd disgusting inappropriate sexual remarks to me and advances on me and I honestly I, I don't approve of any of it yeah 100% 100% she would be removed from that position Joey would be the PTA president 100% dang Derek and Lisa whoa he is like spinning her like flinging her out of the crowd of kids just like I mean, if they got, you know, ex the actor and actress have experience with, you know, dancing and I swear Blake does, who plays Derek, because I've seen him on Star Search. I saw him. I'm like, that is the kid. Or did I see him before he was ever on Full House? It might have been. Or it might have been after. I really, I just, I cannot remember which one happened first. Did I see him on Star Search performing or did I see him in Full House performing? I can't. So now we go over to the dessert table and Michelle and Teddy reach for the same, I'm guessing it's like a, one of those donut hole, donut ball things. There's only one left. And so like, oh, you can have it. He's like, oh, well, I had like eight already, so I'm about to pop. So, um, 
Teddy, his outfit is, I love it. It's so, it's a nice, like, forest, maybe Everest green, like a dark, dark green. And it's got a, like, integral, like, it almost looks like a paisley kind of pattern in a way. And then he's got a black tie, and he's got, like, a little um, silver chain just underneath the, um, the part of the tie that people have difficulty with <laughs> when they're tying a tie. That part, yeah, it's really cool. What I'm saying is he's a sharp dresser. Oh, Teddy tells Michelle that she could have the last one. And she's like, well, I've already had six already. So and Michelle says, yeah, you have a lot of time to eat when you don't have anyone to dance with. So yeah, they're having a rotten time because they had to make it all about boyfriend, girlfriends. Well, Michelle had to make it all about that. And when they were... And they start reminiscing, like, hey, remember how great these parties were when we were friends? We were just hanging out and having a good time. They also bring up when Aaron and Teddy, I guess during a Thanksgiving party, um, Derek was dressed as a turkey, and Teddy and Aaron tried to turn him over and try to, like, pull his legs off to try to make a wish or something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is such an Aaron thing to do. <laughs> I could just see how adorable Derek would look dressed as a turkey. Yeah, she's like, when we were friends, these parties were tons of fun. Remember last Thanksgiving when Derek dressed up like a turkey? Teddy's like, yeah, Aaron and I tried to, to grab his legs and try to make a wish. <laughs> oh, God, guys. <laughs> There's a human underneath this bird. <laughs> Oh, it's a vest. It's a that the green like paisley indentation looking things on his, it's a vest cuz I look like there's a shot of the back of Teddy's back and you see like the black part of the the silk part of the vest. I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool, cool. It all goes together." They both agree that this boyfriend girlfriend nonsense stuff, there's too many rules. It was just it wasn't fun. We weren't really allowed to be ourselves. Um, a thing with Michelle in the later seasons, these giant scrunchies that take over the, they're like Nellie Olsen, giant, if you're familiar with Little House on the Prairie, you know how Nellie Olsen has those giant bows that would take up literally the whole back of her head? Yeah, just like that. That's exactly what those scrunchies are doing to Michelle's head. There's more scrunchie than there is hair inside the scrunchie, is what I'm saying. There's not enough hair to constitute putting it back, pulling it back in a scrunchie. Especially a scrunchie that size. I, I use scrunchies as I got into high school and after high school. But never to the magnitude that it's an XL large scrunchie. So Michelle's like, gosh, I wish we could be friends again. And Teddy says, hey, who says we can't? So Teddy's like, hey, let's shake on it. Of course, he he gets her thumb right away. He's like, thumb wrestle, dang, gotcha. She's like, that's not fair. I wasn't ready. She calls him a cheater. Like, I wasn't ready. You cheater. So he's like, hey, ready to dance? And Michelle's like, uh, are friends allowed to dance? And he's like, of course, there aren't any rules saying we can't. We just have fun. Yes. They just just be friends. Don't 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 ruin it with the boyfriend girlfriend nonsense. Oh, Aaron. He's like, if we got a dance, we may as well blow the roof off this dump. And he goes over, changes the cassette to some jungle fun theme. 
he hits the tape, and then all of a sudden, it's like the music blasts out of it. It's like bedrock jungle music. The kids really get into it. They're like swinging their arms and their bodies, and somebody's gonna get uh, an elbow to the to the arm or something. They're all moving and. Uh, the teacher's, like, trying to, you know, put her arms up, you know, so she doesn't hit a student. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> the kids are having an awesome time. And that's the whole point of it. You don't, if you're thinking constantly about, like, oh, is anyone else having a good time? Is anyone watching me? If, you, if you're if you overthinking it, you're not going to have fun. Me, I'd be the overthinking it person. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be having fun. Like, eh. But I mean, when you're with your friends, no one's, you're, no, you're not judging each other. You're just getting yourself into the moment and just having fun. That's what makes those parties memorable. You're laughing. You're having a good time. You're not thinking about who's wearing what or who's saying what or who's doing awkward hand gestures. None of that stuff. You're just being in the moment. And that is what's important.
don't have much time. Would you like to go out with me? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> Great. I'll uh, I'll call you on on Friday. Shall we? From that was the episode i hope you all enjoyed it i thought this episode was fun and goofy and adorable and sweet i think for the best outfit of course i want to give it to michelle's checkerboard you know black and white checkered sweater with the hearts and the cats i thought it was just adorable i i just loved it so much uh, and I think the worst, of, of course, is going to go... I want to do runner-up best outfit. I want to give Teddy's outfit at the Valentine's party. I thought that was definite run, runner-up. For the worst, I definitely... see. I want to do Mrs. Carruthers when her outfit from when she and Joey were announcing that the kids sold all the candy more than the other classes. So they get a Halloween or they get a Halloween party next with the Valentine's day party. Now they get a Valentine's day party. Um, so I thought there was a runner up. You know what? I think I want to give runner up worst outfit to DJ's denim dress. It was just, no, thank you. Tanner's Teachables, like I said, in referring to Jesse and Becky, or just in dating in general or however, just when it comes to Valentine's Day, especially, let's say it's your first Valentine's Day with somebody, don't all, or just don't always expect a grand gesture. I mean, it's cute and sweet and everything like that, but if you... If you plan in your head, like, it's going to be so great, it's going to be so big, and then as, as soon as something goes wrong, you're going to be like, this is the worst Valentine's Day ever, and it's not fair to put pressure on the person who's putting this together, because they're already under enough stress to make things just absolutely perfect. Just, as far as Joey and Mrs. Carruthers, if you are in a work environment, because that's a PTA, they are working together. If you are in a work environment where somebody is hostile, hostily, which I think Mrs. Carruthers is, hostily sexually harassing Joey. If somebody is doing that, whether you're, you know, 
any form of workplace, I don't care whether you're like an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old or a whatever age you are, that is so disrespectful. It's, it's wrong. If you feel offended, you need to find a manager or somebody to talk to and explain the situation. If you don't feel comfortable working with this person, you have a right to speak out. And I know this was just played for laughs and everything with Mrs. Crothers and her infatuation or slash obsession with Joey, but it is borderline sexual harassment what she's doing. She's constantly touching him, making lewd, offensive sexual remarks about, you know, her dress, oh, and zips in the back, and zips in the back, and open your mouth, say ah, or something gross like that. It's like, stop. He's not, if somebody is clearly not interested, then you need to back off. Here's another thing. If somebody in, if you're in a relationship and somebody is downplaying like a Valentine's Day or a birthday, like acting a little different than usual, maybe think that they may or may not be up to something. So, yeah. It's just a hint. So, yes, those are my Tanner Teachables. If I had to go for worst for the episode, I rarely give out this award, but we have two. One, and then one's a runner-up. 100% first place is going to Mrs. Crothers. Second place, going to Kenneth, because he's like, oh, I wish you weren't so smart, Steph, and all these, this bag of rocks you have, or books, is so heavy. He was not worth her time. At all. Not at all. So definitely the grandest gesture, of course, since we really only had one, 100% goes to Jesse with the hot air balloon. I mean, she did not suspect it at all. Like, he downplayed maybe a little too much. Like, eh, it's not a big deal. We're just going to stay in and, you know, do whatever. No, no big deal. Alright, so the next episode, because this was part of the Tanner Girls in Love series, the next episode in the series that we'll be focusing on is from Season 4, Episode 22 of Full House, entitled Stephanie Plays the Field. This episode aired March 8th, 1991, so we are almost done with Season 4 at the point of this episode's airing. Stephanie joins a Little League baseball team to be near a, near a boy she likes. And I remember watching this episode. I thought he was cute. Now, at this time, I'm trying to see. After I, I, I want to go back and see after this. Uh, Sean Fox. When was, let me check real quick. Because his headshot, the black and white headshot. Okay, 1994. He played Samuel Rocky. Whatever his last name was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he plays Brett. We have um, Brett's dad, who definitely gives off a pre-Dan Scott from One Tree Hill. <laughs> kind of vibe. Kind of sort of not really. When he's like, come on, son, don't let me down. It's all up to you, son. Like, OK, 
okay, calm down. Calm down, Brett's dad. Relax. It's just a game. <laughs> but <laughs> remember, he's not the one we got to worry about. Jesse is the one who literally practically runs onto the field. It's like, hey, <laughs> just screaming in the umpire's face or what? whoever's, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, look, get to look forward to this episode. And... Brett's a, Brett's a sweetheart. He's a he's a cutie. Granted, um, he's got a possible ulterior motive when it comes to dating Stephanie, since they are playing against each other. They're on two different teams. She's on the Giants. He's on the Cubs. That blue really brings out his eyes. This is this is like this is nine year old me talking. This is me when I originally watched this episode as a kid. He's such a cutie pie. He's such a cutie. Oh, and I... Actually, this will be the final episode that Rusty is in. I remember because we don't see Cindy in this episode. So Danny, my guess is... Danny is kind of taking Rusty under his wing like, hey, he doesn't have an appropriate father figure. His dad clearly is not in his life, it seems like. So he wants to wear off those hard edges of Rusty's behavior, which I, I get. Yeah. Here, he's not doing any tricks. He's just, like, th threatening Brett, like, oh, us giants are gonna beat you cubs at the game. Yeah, he's, he's more barking than bite. So it looks like prank Rusty has been put away, and this is just aggressive i need to get my uh anger under control let me try a little league sport game rusty now you you can channel this frustration and this anger and this how much you don't like your father right now and just your parents divorce and just channel that anger and energy and just put it into baseball don't go all um Junior Healy from Problem Child, please don't do... Oh my gosh, that's right. This would have been a year after Problem Child. Problem Child 2 came out in 1991, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, with a baseball bat. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. I love both of them. The third TV movie was utter garbage. There's actually a cartoon about Problem Child. Can you believe that? A cartoon. There was a cartoon for every... So many 90s movies. All three of Jim Carrey's movies that came out in the night in 94. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, The Mask. They all had Saturday morning cartoons. Okay, let's look and see how much it would cost to rent a hot air... This is 2021, guys. Might have been different. A normal, very light, hot air balloon will set you back around 15000 to 25000 and that won't include the fire extinguisher and fuel. Its main balloon, or envelope, if bought individually, will also have a high price of around 9000 to 11000 Let's see. Basket alone will cost around 5500 if it can hold around three people. This includes the pilot, so remember this when you plan to rent an air balloon. Let's see. Basket can be bought with one or two built-in chairs. The number of chairs on the basket will have an influence on the final price, adding anywhere from $700 to $2,000. Oh, 
Oh, they also had like skydiving and stuff. So, wow. Yeah, I'd uh, 20 if you even if that even all together cost a 25,000. Well, this is be the the grandest of grand gestures. So, everything else is going to be dinner and a movie or or like a staying at a bed and breakfast or something because this is this is like literally the end all be all for that price like I'm doing this now I think honestly something a grand gesture of this should be saved for one of those big anniversaries like maybe when you hit the 25 year mark that's a big one um as far as 50 I depends on the couple because think about it, that's 50 if you got married when you're 20 and then you add 50 years, you're looking at like 70 plus years of age, right? You're going to be physically able to get into a hot air balloon and, and how is that going to work? I mean, I'm not saying that you wouldn't be physically able to, but, and not to mention the cost at that point. I mean, well, yeah. Okay. This article is from June of last year. 27 grand romantic gestures to thrill your lady. Let's see. Uh, oh, here you, they got tips. Make sure the gesture fits the occasion. Don't pressure her into an unwanted situation. Pick up on nonverbal cues. Make sure she feels special. Put her personal preferences ahead of your own. Okay. Surprise her with concert tickets to her favorite singer or band. Take her for a weekend. Ugh, stupid ads. I hate these things. Take her on a weekend road trip. Help her with her bucket list. Throw a surprise party. Set up a scavenger hunt. Buy her something she's want, been wanting for a while. Get her an engraved gift. Pay for her to have a spa day. Take a class together. Bring her favorite drink. Make a list of 100 things you love about her. Cook for her. Do her two chores for her. Tell her how you feel about Buy her favorite dessert. Get her flowers. Ask her about her debt. Mm -hmm. They are really stretching some of this stuff. It just sounds like normal every day. Do her chores. Do chores for... So is this like a husband-wifey thing in some situation? I don't know. I want to see if I can find one of the most elaborate type of gesture that was ever done. You know, I really couldn't find what I was looking for. But definitely some of the most romantic movies. One, of course, hands down, The Notebook. Very, very romantic. From a little cheesy. I mean, gosh, how long? That movie came out in 04. Let's see some of these others. Pride and Prejudice. Call Me By Your Name. I don't know about that one. La La Land. I haven't seen that one. I don't know what that's about. Romeo and Juliet, William Shakespeare's, you know, the one with Leonardo and Claire Danes. Uh, let's see. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, I haven't seen it, but Kate Winslet is my favorite actress, so I think I eventually would watch that. Ten Things I Hate About You? Yep. It happened one night. Oh, that is such a good black and white film. It's such a good classic film. 
Here's a quote from probably, uh, I love like some of these movies are saying like the romantic quotes from the movie that gets them on this list from the townandcountrymag.com article. Favorite quote from the notebook. So it's going to be, it's not going to be easy. Let me start this. Too. Okay. <clears throat> so it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. We're going to have to work at this every day, but I want, I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever Every day, you and me, every day. That's from Noah. <sighs> Romeo and Juliet. And when I die, when I shall die, take him and cut him up in little stars, and he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will fall in love with night and pay no worship to the garnished sun. That's from Juliet from the Romeo and Juliet movie. Oh, this one, this one, 10 Things I Hate About You. This is Cat <clears throat> Stratford's, when, she, when she's reading her paper in class and she starts crying. She And I'm not going to start crying as I read this. It goes, I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate it when... I hate your big, dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse, when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Aww. I love... See, this was my teen movie. This came out in 99. I was a... Junior? Sophomore? Uh, sophomore? Uh, junior? I can't remember. <laughs> I had to have been good. Like, yeah, it came out during the summer, right? Spring? I can't remember. But I think it was like in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. This quote, of course, from It Happened... It happened one night. Ellie Andrews. Aren't you going to give me a little credit? Peter Warren. What for? Ellie Andrews. I proved once and for all that the limb is mightier than the thumb. Peter Warren. Why didn't you take off all your clothes? We, You could have stopped 40 cars. Ellie Andrews. I'll remember that when we need 40 cars. <laughs> that is such a good movie. Granted, there are so many probably even more better quotes from romantic movies than the ones I just read, but, um, but I just wanted to share those with you. So I, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Look for Stephanie plays the field next week. And then after that, the final episode in the Tanner girls in love series will be season six's lovers and other Tanners where we will focus on DJ and Steve and their new relationships. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. And hopefully have a good Valentine's Day. Bye-bye.